Welcome to another episode of Family Records. My name is Matt Rodolfi, and with me, as always, is the big, bad, beautiful Blake Sweet and his beard. God, I love that alliteration. You're very welcome <laughs> for it. Right off the dome, baby. Right off the Freestyling, dome. Freestyling, huh? Bees are the second letter I learned, so it was quite simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad to hear. It's uh, it's good to be back. We've been We've had a, quite a bit of time off. We didn't do much over the holidays. Yeah. We, we would have re- we released our episode with our family, but we uh, had a guest cancel on us at a bad time, and we were unable to do a, an episode. So, <clears throat> well, and we, we had a one. host cancel on us for a week. Who's that? Me? Duh. No, a couple weeks ago, you told me you couldn't do the uh, you couldn't do an episode, so we. We've released oh, yeah, like two episodes right. in the last and month. And then that dude, that Gust host canceled. He, yep. The same guy, right? Yeah, same guy. We'll get him on here eventually. So, yeah. he. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, the, the first time he canceled, it was because he had booked the wrong showtime for the Spider-Man movie. And honestly, to it. me, that's the more reasonable excuse out of the two times he's had to cancel. The second time he got COVID? Or he was exposed. Oh, gotcha. Just too much of a yeah. risk. All right. Well, luckily, we are back with a vengeance in the new year. We have decided to uh, go back into the annals of the Family Records history and bring out a fucking all-star that everyone loves. And we love having Carlos Ventura is back. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, Carlos? What's going on? Thanks for oh, coming did. back, dude. We missed you. It's oh, been dude, a while. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's always fun to do it with you guys. Yeah. yeah. How oh, was yeah. your holiday? Uh, very mellow, nothing crazy. Did a couple of trips. Went uh, went to Christmas uh, for Christmas. Went to Half Moon Bay, nice. and then went to the Sierras for uh, New Year's Eve. So, so what I mean, was all that talk about cocaine before the show? That was the snow in the Sierras. Oh God, that ah. was the <laughs> snow in the Sierras. You said you didn't go outside, but you kept talking about the snow. I was very confused. No, yeah, it's. Uh, I was hallucinating up there oh, a little bit. Oh, got, got it. Did you get any good Christmas gifts? Uh, let's see. Well, I got a golf club, so that was nice. Oh, nice. I got uh, some Secret Santa guy. got me those, like, badass whiskey glasses. I got a nice jacket. I got a bunch of Gee, stuff, man. I wonder who that Secret Santa guy is. Got a bunch of cool stuff, definitely. Was it Was it you? It was me. Yeah. <laughs> Did I spoil the secret? <laughs> you just exposed it. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Too soon. You heard it here first, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> That's it what? definitely wasn't obvious. <laughs> I didn't know it was you, but hey, we guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. No, no big gigs through the holiday. You take the time off from from the music or what? Yeah, I mean, for um, anyone listening, just a reminder that Carlos is our drummer that comes in, our our, our local Bay Area musician, one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was really mellow. I mean, summer was really busy. Like I was mentioned on the previous podcast and. Usually around the holidays, things die down, but for some reason this year, it, it, it stayed busy. Nice. Um, but December is usually when it died down. People, I had maybe like one or two gigs. People kept going this winter. 
Dude, Last winter, it was wild. It died because of COVID. It was this year they really wanted us all to stop Easy. with COVID, but everyone was everyone I know, everyone I met was just kind of like, nah, hell no. No, it, <laughs> it was it was wild because like the routine that we usually had with the bands was summer, uh, spring, summer was like the big shows outdoors, you sure. know, heat and all that. And then when it came to winter, it was like a lot of acoustic mellow stuff inside the restaurant sure. or the restaurant venue, whatever. This That's year was you, like, like oh, outdoors. That's when you grab a cajon, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I developed Trading a the little hate for the cajones. <laughs> just one, not two cajones? And just one of them. Nice. But um, <laughs> yeah, so this year was just like they wanted to keep us busy. And I mean, we the last show we played, I was playing congas, and it was like 43, uh, 43 degrees outside. Oh, jeez. So it was chilly. Oh. Yeah, dude, it was miserable. But I mean, it was fun. Like once you're playing and... Uh, we had heaters and all that, so it wasn't oh, like okay. Cold. I was gonna say, like, I've played congas in the cold, it's not fun, it is not fun. I mean, you're playing <laughs> Your bare hands, hands, crack, yeah. But, uh, I mean, they like, like you said, you know, that this year they definitely kept it going until the yeah. end of the year, so it was a party, which which was nice, you know, it was a different scene, but still, you know, chilly. This yeah, is, this has been a I don't, I don't know if 2021 you, if you've already done this, but the uh, to me, the idea of congas in the cold is a great album name. If you want to take that, feel free. Oh, especially if it's like Dude, a holiday Christmas, album. Yeah, I guess like Jingle Bells, a little, little. Okay, coming out, like, like, coming out 2023. <laughs> congas in their cold. It's in the works now. <laughs> or like Chestnuts and Congas or something. <laughs> so, chestnuts in the cold, I like that. Chestnuts in the cold. I've never, have you guys been like, you know, like you go to a big city, well, before COVID, maybe you go to a big city or something and like people are selling roasted chestnuts. Mm-mm. No, you never seen that. I've seen Mm-mm. that in L.A., San Francisco. I've seen a ton of places. Mm-mm. Oh, I guess you can't relate to this, but I, I've seen that a lot, and I've never bought any because yeah. I just don't feel safe. I never had chestnuts, and I don't feel like that's the time to experience them for the first time. You know? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: I almost exclusively see hot dog vendors in big cities. I was gonna sure. say, have you ever like, bought a hot dog? In- that I oh, have, John. The there you go. Dude, street, chestnuts street, cannot kill yeah, you. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's true. But uh, it's, it's one of those things because I've, I've had some great Mexican food, like on the street outside of a sporting event or something. Oh, yeah. But I've also gotten some mad diarrhea from that. Too. Oh, easy. <laughs> you know, like, easy. But, so, you know, when I'm younger, it's worth the risk. These days, I'm not so sure. I oh, think, for sure. I think you just have to know how to cook in order to see, like, yeah. that bacon is not done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that bacon is well done. <laughs> Actually, speaking, here of, a while, huh? speaking of street Mexican food, I, uh, I ended up getting lunch at this pop-up place. Just wanted to shout them out. It's our nachos. Uh, our dot nachos on Instagram. Follow them. They post where they the, pop the, up nachos. Yeah, yeah, the entire thing, like the chips, the queso, all the fixings are made in house. Hmm. It was just yeah. they use queso sauce. Yeah, but it's homemade. All right, I, I'd give it a try. I'm uh, not usually a fan of nachos with the nacho sauce. I prefer like the melted cheese. Can't go I, maybe maybe because I'm from SoCal. I'm just, with you, but like again, if it's like house made queso, I usually. Give it a pass. All right. Uh, it's it's the store-bought shit that tastes like melted down Velveeta I, that I'm not a fan of. I don't know if I'm just like stodgy or what, but like if I'm at a baseball game for like T-ball or something, I might get the nachos and the nasty sauce. But like the fact that they sell that same shit at the movie theater for like six bucks, I, just, yeah. I can't bring myself <laughs> yeah, to no. buy it there. No. <laughs> yeah. No, like uh, I got a buddy that makes a. Uh, Homemade nachos and it's like old melted cheese and it's yeah, I mean, you I can just it. tell the difference. And, and knowing how oh, to do yeah. it, like you don't microwave it, you broil it. Yeah, you know you got to get a little bit of that like burn on the mm-hmm. on the cheese, a little and, char on oh, it. Oh yeah, it's delicious. Absolutely. Anyways, let's drink some whiskey. 
Because I see Carlos eyeing this mother. <laughs> he's picked it up multiple times, and it's like, oh, we're not yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, no, we I was just checking the weight. I was checking the weight. You know? <laughs> so the, the whiskey we're drinking is uh, something I picked up at Costco. I was just telling you guys, like, completely randomly. It just looked like a good bottle. I always check when I go to Costco, but I don't know if often buy anything because you never know what they're going to have. Yeah. And uh, if I'm going to take a chance on a new kind of whiskey, I don't need, like, two gallons of it. Yeah. So. Unless it's like Crown, I'll buy Crown in like two gallons <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I'm drink sure, the hell out of it. And I'm sure if they sold Navigator, you'd buy two gallons. Oh of it. hell yeah! <laughs> Some might know, yeah. But anyways, this was like actually a normal looking bottle. Um, so well, I, I get it. Did you find any info? Normal on it? sized bottle. It's a cool looking bottle. Yeah, normal size is what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. So it's the uh, it smells sweet Bardstown Fusion Series Bourbon. Uh, it celebrates the blending of newer and older bourbons to create something unique. The younger spirits are 100% our own product and a bunch of pretentious shit as usual. Uh, <laughs> well, Bardstown is perfectly appropriate with our resident musician on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's take a drink of this stuff. Cheers, guys. gentlemen. Cheers. Clink. Cheers. Here we go. And it begins. Huh. Ooh, that is delicious. It has a good it's bite to like, it. Yeah. The bite is gentle. It is. But there's not, there's not, I'm waiting for like a very specifically unique flavor that I'm not it, getting. It's but there's not. like a, I was going to say the same thing. There's like a richness or a creaminess to it that tastes like a traditional bourbon, but well, in a it really has nice like a, way. Well, I it noticed has, this with blends. Like, is it a blend? blend? Yeah. So blends tend to taste a little bit more Blending. generic. Oh, sure. Yeah. But. If it's a good bottle, it's still going to taste delicious. It's we actually not just had the conversation last Thursday. We did, yeah. We did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff's going to be good. No, it smells, <laughs> like you said, it's, it has a, like a sweet smell to it. Yeah, well, it's like, you can taste the rye, but it never really fully creeps up no. on yeah. you, which is kind of nice. I mean, all in all, good good whiskey. Not yeah. bad. No, I, not I, bad. Uh, I approve. This is pretty delicious. I brought, as you say, I, I, I brought the some simple syrup and bitters out in case anyone wanted to make them <laughs> old-fashioned. That's the one thing I got for Christmas was a cocktail set and Atta a boy. mixing book. Um, old-fashioned is the easy one. I just picked up like vermouth and freaking uh, uh, what's it oh, called? Oh, you're going to start doing Manhattans. Uh, yeah, I got so that book's got some Manhattan recipes, all kinds of stuff that I never See, tried. Lately, whiskey sour has been my shit. Really, that's one in the book I want to try too. Dude, I actually made it like uh, I think it was like the beginning of 2021. Um, we were just kind of like a bunch of friends just got together, and I had this theme where like I just made random drinks. Uh -huh. Everybody showed up, and I just made random drinks. And I, I was remember like, this night. It was. Uh, Do you have a history like, making drinks? Hell no. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I just I was just like you, you know just I in go mode. Huh? I'm just like because dude, I'm like a weird dude. I just pick up like random hat like Hobbit. Oh, hobbits jesus hobbies <laughs> okay candelf it, it's already the it's a, it's a whiskey i'm telling you yeah no, um, good I hobbies. This. this was uh like right after the vaccines rolled out because it was our first time getting together as a group yes so um, that was that was i believe at the end of 2020 but 20 no as it was the beginning of 2021 yeah, yeah it was and then I had more people over, and that was like my thing on the weekend we drank and it was just like i believe so, that's so you the have same some weekend that jr convinced us all to drink egg beers Oh, okay, that was that. just a wild night. <laughs> so, I, so you'd say, so you have some history as a hobbyist. Then, you just never tended bars. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm trying it out. I actually did bartend a wedding once. I, I mean, it didn't do like drinks or anything. All I had to do was just pour uh, beer and wine. 
But okay. dude, it's like I can't even imagine working at a bar and making actual drinks. Yeah. Like just pouring beer I've done that and when wine I was catering. is stressful, I've done, dude. I've done beer and wine. It is stressful. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, "We got money. Give us the drinks." And it's like, "Whoa, chill. Like I'm getting ready." Oh, well, and they're ready. And, and, and learning to do it, you realize how much goes into it. Like I, I, I'll sit there and you order some fancy drink. You're like, "Oh, what's taking so long?" And then I open this book and it's like, "All right." Uh, crack an egg, separate the whites, add the <laughs> like the oh, eyes, no, whiskey sour, shake it, put <laughs> it in this glass that has a ten inch diameter, and let it set for two minutes. It's mm-hmm. like it's insane the detail that goes into it. Well, you imagine like memorizing all those drinks. That's like, give me a screwdriver, me. give me a kamikaze, give me a Manhattan. It's like whoa, not just memorizing, but also like being able to get perfecting the, it, perf- well, and perfecting the amounts. Yes, because I've I've been making them. I'm like oh, I'll make an old fashioned mild, which we're gonna do here if we do it. But like the difference between actually measuring out what it tells me in the book versus when I just kind of eye it, it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. It's like that. So when I see like a bar, occasionally like a, a bar spoon, is that called a bar spoon, right? Yeah. Bar spoon of grenadine. You're like, what can that make a difference? And you're like, oh, that apparently can make a big like, difference. Yeah. 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 Like, so I, I did um, make some stuff that was in there. Have you guys ever heard of a bourbon Alexander? Never. Yeah, me neither. I might have heard of it, but I have no so idea what it is. I made a bunch of those over the holiday because it's like a holiday drink. Okay. And what it is, it's like, um, so it's bourbon, creme de cacao, oh, which is like a chocolate liqueur. And then, um, oh God, heavy whipping cream. Wow. Yeah. So you like shake all that together, get it frothy. Then you add a bunch of ice and shake it till it like really froths up. And then you strain it and put nutmeg in there. That sounds it's fucking delicious. Freaking so good. <laughs> that sounds like a hangover. <laughs> it it's sweet. It's so you can't drink a bunch of them, but it was so good. No, I bet. But this, uh, so I made that. I made something called a b- bourbon milk punch, which mm. I wouldn't recommend because it just tastes like milk with whiskey in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's like you add all these other little things to take the edge off of it, just tasting like milk with whiskey. So it like softens it. I, I made that once. I don't mm. Not that great. So is that considered like a white Kentuckian? I, I don't know. Aren't most Kentuckians? <laughs> I actually don't know. I've never been to Kentucky. I was trying to make a white Russian joke, but possibly Which I, I'm pretty sure that's just vodka and I, milk and like a little bit of Kahlua <laughs> something. I don't know. You freaking the, Russians. <laughs> <laughs> I was at BevMo it and I saw um, these jars of hot buttered rum mix. Oh, hell no. And, oh. and it was like on the side, it's like try substituting with bourbon. I was like, all right, well, I'm buying this. So I brought it home and it's like you warm up some milk. And you just add this mix and freaking bourbon. It's amazing. Oh, is it? Was it? so good. It was like uh, just this like buttery, creamy, just delicious kind of sweet. Again, like a holiday kind of yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if so I would want to drink like milk and well, whiskey. For what same. it's worth, yeah. I, drink, well, I, don't know. I drink oat milk. Of, yeah. So it softens that a little because I can't handle the heaviness of regular milk. No, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I will hold that bourbon's the best liquor to put in eggnog i think the, of holiday the milk drinks, is just what so makes it enough. creamy because i tried it with water and it was rat nasty it was gross it's made with water because yeah. that's what it says make it with milk or water really yeah and i'm like oh, okay i'll try it yeah, yeah. hell no the, the milk chocolate or hot chocolate packets tell you to make with milk or water too but you don't make yeah. hot chocolate with water bro it's I, gross <laughs> i made it's my water down my son wanted one of those bourbon alexander's super bad I caught that too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank um, you. Somebody got it. Me, because I'm making it for my wife, me, and my, my mother in law, all these bourbon Alexanders because they're delicious. And my son's like, I want one, I want one. I'm like, I, I, I can't, you know, literally all, all the ingredients except for the cream is freaking alcoholic, you know? So, so what I did was he had these chocolate bombs for Christmas. So I made a chocolate bomb and substituted the creme cacao with the chocolate bomb. 
and then just added the whole milk and made everything the same way. And it was like the ritziest cold hot chocolate like nice. I've ever tasted. It was so good. Yeah. It's <laughs> like if you're like a freaking uh, I can't even think of the, the hotel, like some fancy ass hotel, and you're like order a cho- hot chocolate, cold hot chocolate for your kid. You're like some ritzy ass shit is this? Cost yeah. me thirty bucks. That's the drink. It was so good. Nice. So that's a mixologist at this point. Yeah. Apparently, he's, I'm working on. You graduated. He's moving on from being just a you whiskey see my boy. Tray? Came, my whole set came with a little tray to move things out here on. Hell that is yeah. fancy. A little professionalism. I also I should mention this while we're talking about alcohol. I don't know if I showed you this yet, Blake, but I did get this for Christmas as well. Oh, that is a family sick. records decanter. That is awesome. I haven't yeah, put anything cool. in it yet. I, I figure we need to decide on a secondary whiskey. Our we do go to and just like crown or whatever the hell it is and just keep it in here in here in here. Honestly, I was thinking about I was trying to figure this out because I uh, I also got a decanter for Christmas. It's not as cool. It doesn't have family records on it. Uh, well, you know, but <laughs> we can't all have our dreams come true. <laughs> got him. <laughs> no, but like I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like every time I buy a bottle of whiskey, we drink almost all of it on the podcast. Yeah. So like, what what the hell am I gonna put in this decanter? I have that thought too. I have to find something that's separate from the podcast. To well, drink. if I had, so my dream someday is to have like all, all my whiskey and decanters. I want to have like oh, yeah. in my office, one of those little like <laughs> madman style bars, you know, like, <laughs> like down below is all the mixers, but then all the tops, all the decanters. Like I like that idea. Cause supposedly it tastes good coming out of a canter. If your liquor cabinet looks anything like mine, that's a lot of fucking decanters. <laughs> it would be a fair amount of decanters, <laughs> yeah. but th- th- I think that would be, the dream, but for you're right for right now. It's like, if I have this family records one, I'm not going to put like my navigator, like my nice whiskeys that I like in it. Cause those are special occasion whiskeys mm-hmm. and they put the family records thing on it. It was my mother-in-law's or sweet gifts. Thank awesome. you, Brenda. Um, but because it's a family records one, I don't want to just keep it stored in my freaking bar. No, yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Like I want sense. it out here where we can use it. So got to figure out what to do with that. Um, but yeah, bit of a mixologist now. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> aging my own whiskey right now. Really? Yeah, for for my birthday, I got one of like the most random coolest gifts. I got a a barrel with my name on it. That's sick. Yeah, that's sick. How and long is it going to take? Twelve weeks. So it's some week. That's a lot quicker right than now. I anticipated. Actually, well, it's a small it's, five, ga- uh, five, gallon, five oh, liter barrel. It's not in a drum. It, right. Well, I guess it is. So it's it not, is, not but it's small, so it takes yeah, like not a, a lot full. of shorter time. Sure. And actually, uh, I gave Blake some to taste because like every week changes the taste because you have to uh, rotate the uh, barrel yeah. a quarter. Oh, just yeah. like wine. Aging yeah. whiskey is like it's an exact science. Huh. Yeah, dude. It's like you have to like put the the barrel in hot water and then like for like a couple days, oh, make wow. sure that the barrel seals, then put the spirit on it, whatever you want to do. You can add like aromas or whatever to it. Huh. And then 12 weeks it takes to like um, to change. But I added bullet. Dude. Oh, interesting. So you know how bullet is like, it has a strong taste. It's like good, but it has a strong taste. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got very a big forward. Bite. That strong front, taste yeah. is gone. Interesting. It's it was so mellow. It was really smooth. Yeah. It was like, you could drink it like water. Oh, Not well, really. Yeah. But you, are you going to come back I, 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 records death. once it's done or what? Give me a couple <laughs> weeks. Give me a couple <laughs> weeks. I'm oh, back. Yeah. Dude, you know what you're going to name it? Whiskey. No, I don't know. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> I don't know name for it. I mean, it's got to be a play on bullet, right? Yeah. Or whiskey, like a, no, that's a bad joke. It's a terrible joke. Ignore that. <laughs> I'm gonna call it first shot because it was my <laughs> first go. shot making there it. There you go. That, hey, that's good. That's my first shot. My only, the one and only <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Get it while you can. That's awesome, dude. That's freaking exciting. Yeah, I know it is. It's a, it's a cool experience. I mean, it's, it's like I'm impatient. 
So yeah. like I hate waiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I guess that's, that's like the cool thing of the process. Our family used to make wine, and then they sit in up in barrels for like years. Yeah, oh, yeah. up at our cabin. So like, we well, did that's it. we had like the twelve big weeks. Wine so I'd be impatient too because it's like it's not like put this away and ignore it. Well, you don't ignore it, but go away for. Well, you years. just look at the barrel and it's like, like hey, ready Carlos. for it. Yeah, it's you're like, like twelve <laughs> weeks. It's hey, that's around me. the corner. <laughs> no, it's a it, it's a cool thing. De- <laughs> de- definitely one of the most rarest, like coolest gifts I got. Yeah, that's sick for dude. sure. That's a very creative gift. No, it was like I looked at it and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then I saw it, and I was just like, "This is badass!" Because he had my name and everything. Was it a so, family member that got it for you? A friend. Oh, okay. Friend. Yeah, yeah. Hear that family? Yeah, yeah you guys <laughs> are slacking. Step it up. <laughs> Carlos's family doesn't support his alcoholism like ours does. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little hectic, I guess. <laughs> I find that hard to believe for a Latino fella. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> well, the the one guy that I usually slept when I'm drunk is dead now. Rest in peace, Vicente. We, oh, yeah, I was going to get to that. Hey, raise one up for Vicente, man. Hell yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Last time we talked about him a whole bunch. Last Holy time. moly. We talk about an hour about this man. That was a... Uh, Weirdly, because Betty White died recently as well. I know. You know another one to Betty White. Legends. Another one to Betty White. You know? There you go. <laughs> what a way to end 2021. Well, what I'm getting out of that is that, because obviously everyone was shocked by that. But Dude, 17 days before her 100th birthday. I mean, yeah. that's why. But like, I feel like Vicente shook me a little more. Oh, that, you know, like, because I was like, oh, you can feel this in the world. Like, with Betty White, too, you can feel in the world. But people also, like, she was 99 years old. Yeah. yeah. You know, and also, like, immediately people are making memes and jokes because they're like, Betty White, she's a comedian. She would love us to make jokes about it. Absolutely. You know, like, Vicente was like, I couldn't believe it when I saw the article. The The one thing that really shook me about it was the impact that he had around the world. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just the Latino community that felt it. I saw, I think George Strait was singing one of the, the songs yeah, on the concert, yeah. which I was like, are you kidding me? This is like insane yeah, yeah. to think about. He was like, he was like one of the legends. And like, I mean, yeah. I knew yeah. it was a legend. We yeah, all no, knew sure, it was sure. a legend, but like, I didn't know how much of a magnitude he had. Like, yeah. it was wild. Oh, yeah. It was cool. It was cool to see him witness, you know? He's, he's definitely, uh, I mean, he's way up there. Oh, big as time. As far as, oh, yeah. He's yeah. up there with like Bono, Sting. Oh yeah, a lot I, of I think a lot of like English-speaking listeners don't know. A lot of people don't know who he is in the U.S. No, yeah, and you know, but so it's like it's hard to imagine yeah, that. He but has, like you he play, kind of transcended that niche. Well, he's a like, worldly he's a, yeah. character for sure. Well, it's like he to me, he was one of those artists that like you probably didn't know who he was, but you heard his music, you know exactly who that person is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like you hear sure. El Rey. That's my, like one of the main Spanish songs. Is is weak, but like and. I can recognize Vicente's voice. Easy. You know what I mean? Like Alejandro too. But like I can recognize oh, the yeah. voice. A lot of <laughs> a lot of like especially like uh Mexican Latin music, like I don't I don't know everyone as well, but those mm-hmm. are the ones you know. And I'm just a freaking footstep into that community. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it's a big deal. Yeah, I agree. I just can't believe I said I said El Rey instead of saying El Rey. That's like the way it. I was just like I said El Rey. What the hell? I guess to show how Americanized you've become. El Rey. I mean, I am wearing Carhartt as we speak. <laughs> I am wearing Carhartt as we speak. And last time I saw you, you were rocking a nice pair of cowboy boots. Yeehaw! That's right. I think you should name your whiskey Chente. Mmm. Ah. <laughs> First and Chente. In honor. First Chente. There you go. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Coming to your nearest Vedmo. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Yeah, that was a that was a wild one. 
That was. was a hell of a year. Betty White, Vicente. I mean, hell of a couple of years. Yeah, Started with really. Kobe, ended with Betty White. I know. Oh. <laughs> no, dude, like that year, I think 2021 was probably, and this is just personal well, experience. Well, 20, I'm, I guess COVID I meant. Just Kobe yeah, was 2020, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. COVID and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think it, 2021, like personally, was like a challenging year because, like, you know, all the stuff that happens personally and in, in the, around sure. the world, but also like, it made me learn a lot. Like it was definitely like a huge experience experience year for me. Sure. You know, and, you know, internally and just like everything in general, like a lot of good things happen. A lot of bad things happen, but that's like, you know, that's every year. Sure. Oh but, yeah. You know, it was definitely a good, uh, reflection year for sure. It kind of had to be after uh-huh. 2020. I think a yeah, lot like, of us felt that way. Well, everything that we knew changed. Oh yeah. You know, it was a new well, and, beginning. See, I, I guess. find it fascinating for me. 2020 was this year where, we were having the twins at the beginning and literally the pandemic hit. And like a few weeks later, the babies were born. And it's yeah. like, so the first year of their life, you're, you have infants. And so it's like on top, we're already going to be home a lot because the kids and then the world shut down and then COVID, all this stuff. So it's like, we were just, that year just disappeared yeah. so fast for me. Yeah. And uh, 2021, same thing. It was the year where they kind of started becoming toddlers and so you start like going in the world more. You start mm-hmm. like like so for me it was very reflective as well because I kind of 2020 didn't have have it. 2021 was the year where I came to terms with being a father of three. You know, for the first yeah. time, you know, like ah, these three little kids, they're talking and walking and shit now. It's it's very different than just a couple of potatoes in their beds, you know, <laughs> like during COVID. <laughs> so no, nah, I get you. That's cool, man. And what was your reflection, Blake? Uh I mean, I decided to move across the country in the middle of a pandemic, so there's that. I don't across the country. Halfway across the country. <laughs> Fine. It's 1,200 miles. It's it's a long way. And now you dream of Taco John's. I do. Every night. Oh, those, hell no. Those tater tots with <laughs> McCormick taco seasoning on them. Oh. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, that's Montana's finest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I had some pretty damn good Mexican food in New Hampshire. I was no surprised, way. dude, because I went with, uh, I don't think I, you were here before we left stuff. My, so I, my whole family went on a trip. We spent okay. a week in New Hampshire, um, just vacation. We're supposed to go to Hawaii. Hawaii had the COVID surge. They shut down, told us not to come. So we're like, all right, where else are we going to, where are we going to go? That's kind of open and rural and whatever. And we're like, well, screw it. I knew some people from online, New Hampshire, we'll go to New Hampshire. So we went out there, but we also went with my mom, who's speaking to someone that was devastated by Vicente's death, you know, like. She's very immersed in that community. So we were well, out there I mean, and the amount that's of her suegro. That is her suegro. That's right. Oh my God. <laughs> we spent uh, the amount of Mexican joints we saw blew our mind because we're like, you know, you think like maple syrup and diners out there. You know what I mean? Like and then we're seeing all these Mexican pl- plates. And so my mom and I were like, well, we have to go. We have to go to one of these places. Absolutely. You know, and obviously there's no taquerias and there's no drive throughs like in SoCal or anything like that. It's, it's full service. Sit down. Um and we went to one and my mom like blew the pants off this dude. Cause she just started ordering in Spanish and he was like, <laughs> it was all the, you know how it goes. Like the whole, the whole, obviously it's family owned, a lot of community there of the Hispanic community that ended up in the area working together and stuff like that. And he was like blown away cause they're speaking Spanish to each other. Like it's no problem. But I guess he was telling it like, it's so rare that they run into someone in New Hampshire that even speaks Spanish fluently. <laughs> <laughs> like so thrown oh off God. by a customer walking up and and just talking and the food was pretty good pretty damn good that. man i believe it like there's 
even in these places where there's not a lot of it, there's there's pockets where just, there's good like ethnic food in general. Like out by the lakes region, like in rural New Hampshire, which is already pretty damn rural. I was just surprised. Yeah. Shout well, out like, to uh, Jimenez. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. place was bomb. Well, it's oh, like yeah. uh, in Montana, there was one place where I knew every time I went, I could get good Mexican food because uh, the family that owns it was from San Diego. They came up here because they're big snow or they came up to Montana because they're big snowboarders. Mm -hmm. And they were like, man, there's no good Mexican food around here in this tiny little hundred or 1500 person ski resort town. Okay. So they just opened up a taco shop downtown and they are hands down the best tacos in Montana. Shout out uh, Moss Taco. Moss Taco. Red Lodge, Montana. You heard that, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was uh, like when I was feeling homesick, I'd drive the 45 minutes to Red Lodge to just go get some tacos. Wow. Dude, there's nothing wrong with like driving for some good food. Like I would oh, yeah, drive an absolutely. hour just to ha have some pupusas. Like I haven't had them in like years. And Bro, I can't stop. Like when, when we when we drive down to San Diego to visit our family, like I can't stop hitting taquerias because all my spots are down there. You know what I mean? And the thing is, like when you're in like San Diego or something like that, and there's that many taquerias like and good ones, you have like a dozen that have their own thing. And, you know, you want it like you're like, man, I'm really hankering for Filberto's today. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, but, but, or, or then the next day you're like, man, I could really use some kind of side fries from juniors though. They make the best ones, you know, like, <laughs> dude, like the, I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not, but like, uh, we just went to San Diego, Blake and I, not too long ago. There are California burritos on there, dude. Oh dude. California burritos. Dude, there I, is no place other than San they're Diego just to get them. Stupid good. Like they're so good. I don't even like, I like I had it, uh, Corbin and I, we got there for like at 9am. And then for going to the liquor store, getting a couple beers. And we're like, let's have breakfast. We haven't even eaten it yet. So we went to a taqueria, got a California burrito. Holy for, moly. For anyone listening, because a lot of people in the U.S. don't really even know, I've learned, what a California burrito is. Well, I think most people assume, just like with every other kind of food, when you put California in front of it, that just means you put avocado on it. No. That's not it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, but there's more. Most people assume. <laughs> California burritos, usually a carnesada burrito, it's, it's got usually french fries yeah occasionally potatoes i don't i think the french fries french fries They've yeah got no, french fries for sure weirdly down there where they make them the best they'll occasionally places still put potatoes in them yeah it's like french fries is the is the way why are you doing that anyways yeah so it's it's basically kind of sad burrito with french fries pico Dude. i always they, sometimes they do have a uh, guacamole and sour cream but yeah it I doesn't eat, matter i, I, I trust i trust the taqueria yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for real that's Especially down there, like no matter what you order, just let them <laughs> let them do yeah. what they're gonna do because that's the best way you're gonna get it. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, Zeus, take the wheel. <laughs> I trust in you, brother. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> you know what blew my mind a while ago? We talked. I talked to Blake about this like a month ago or something like that. Is when I lived down there, I wasn't like there wasn't on Yelp or any of these things. And then now when we go down there. My mom's living in a new area, so I'll throw it on the GPS. Like, okay, I don't know how to get a Phillies from here. So I throw in Filberto's, take on the GPS, and I started noticing, like, oh, this is, like, my favorite spot, and it has, like, two and a half stars <laughs> on, <laughs> on, like, the maps and and, and uh, Yelp. Like, what the hell? And then so, I, you know, you get curious. You start realizing that all of the best spots have, like, two, three stars. It's, I mean, I, Underrated. I, oh, yeah. It's, it's wild, man. You hear those stories, but, like, to actually – you figure, like – 
No, but I know Albert ha- Albert Tacos has the best fucking food. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And they see it's like two stars. It took forever, and he was really rude. And he was like, well, yeah, that's their prerogative, bro. Get the good food. See, yeah. that's <laughs> like uh, <laughs> you should expect this. Yeah, <laughs> like the best uh, the best Mexican joint in Livermore. Anyone else? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, the best Mexican joint in Livermore, at least in my opinion, is Casa Mexico. And just, I never even it's questioned. It's definitely up there for sure. I never even questioned it's it. It's a pretty started, good restaurant style. Yeah. Yeah, it's very restaurant style. It's not a taqueria. It's sit down, full service. But um, for whatever reason, I just started scrolling through reviews one day. It's same thing. It's got like yeah. two stars. Everyone bitches about the food. Yeah. And it's I, like, what the hell are you talking about? I've never less, left unsatisfied. No. Not once. Now, if we're talking about Zacharias, in my opinion, one of the top ones, I wouldn't say the best one, but definitely top up there is El Castillito behind oh. McDonald's. Oh, hands down. Which, which McDonald's? The, uh, the one in Chestnut, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I haven't eaten at that place. Dude, okay, you, you gotta, gotta go, try. You gotta go to this place. Okay. You gotta get the steak quesadilla. Okay. You know it's fire when it's cash only. Yeah. <laughs> it's cash only. God, they got a they got a little ATM at the entrance because they know they're gonna take cards. I never end up out that side Dude. of town. So it, it's really it's, hidden. It's a hidden well, gem. That's well, what I so call that, it. This is one of those places. Not only is it cash only, but like we know how you feel about COVID policy. This is one of those places where you wish they were checking your vaccine card to go in. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> like it's but those are the best Mexican joints. The places where it's like uh, like it's my spot, uh, <laughs> lately my big spot has been uh, Rancho Grande. Okay. Where's that at? That's uh, at the Chevron on Bluebell in Springtown. Oh, dude, I've heard. I actually might have eaten there a couple of years ago. They, I remember them. Like, they make the best chorizo burrito I've had in Livermore. Oh, good. Uh, I get that chorizo breakfast burrito. It's small. It's smaller than I'd like because, you know, I'm from SoCal. Usually it's the size of your freaking forearm. But, you know, you hate yourself afterwards. <laughs> it's oh, like, hell yeah. I, I'm mad because I'm still hungry for more at the end of this place, but I'm also glad because I'm not, you know, hating myself at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. But it's by far the best chitties. And they make carnitata fries. Um, I think they use crinkle cut fries, but they cook them enough that it's the closest thing I've had to SoCal's carnitata fries. That's, That's sweet. I'm gonna ha- I didn't know they had carnitata fries. I'm going to have to check them out because there's a place that, There's a place by my house that makes them, and they're not bad, but it's, yeah. you know, like... It feels like somebody made them just because they know that people want them, yeah. but they don't really care. That being <laughs> said, my other favorite place in Livermore is El Caminito. El Caminito is pretty good. Um, Am I missing this place? Where <laughs> is it? It's by uh, Lucky's on Kincannon. That It's like at a gas station. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Fire. I dig that. Fire. I, I used to be like, oh, it's all right. And then I was working with uh, this guy, uh, with Sahir, this guy that works with me. Mm-hmm. And that's his favorite plot in Livermore. We went there one day. He's like... I was like, yeah, I like the carnitata, but you know, up here they make the carnitata kind of chewy, and I like that crispy crunch of Southern California, Ooh, yeah. you know. And he was like, no, they make the best. <laughs> Just tell them to burn it a little. And I was like, what? And he's like, let me order it for you. And he ordered me my carnitata. <laughs> I was like, it was mind blowing. I was like, whatever they do that's different, like they just cook it just burnt enough that gives you that same feeling as Soka. Apparently, I'm looking for like. Uh, nostalgia from mm. <laughs> Livermore Taquerias. Because <laughs> the thing I'm not used to is it's down south. They don't serve you a lot of burritos with rice and beans in them. That's a big thing up that, here. That is a... I don't yeah, run into that a lot down south. Something that I notice when I go down south. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm good with them either way. I just like when you wrap well, up all my food in something I can hold with my hands <laughs> and still eat. But you love that crunch wrap, huh? Oh, love me the crunch wrap. <laughs> Took me a while to come around to tamales. <laughs> okay, let me let's let's ask Carlos, Blake. 
Yeah, Car- Carlos doesn't even know the story. He oh, already really? knows the mistake I made. Do you? <laughs> Have you not heard this story about Blake's first tamale? No. So my first tamale. Speaking I think of which, did you try mom- to eat it like a burrito? I did try to eat it like a burrito. Son of a gun. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> he didn't even unwrap it, bro. <laughs> he bit into it. For all it. the listeners, my eyes are wide open right now. <laughs> See, this is why, like, I'm on the fence whether or not I like telling this story because every Latino I tell this story to, just like they stop me in the middle of it and they're like, oh, you fucked up. I apologize. I, I, apologize did, I absolutely fucked up. Tamales are one of my favorite things now. And he begins. But I, I what ref- the fuck? Like, <laughs> I, I refused to eat them for so long because when I was like seven or eight, I tried to eat one like a burrito and nope. Huh? Ah, yeah, yeah. My mom sent up her tamales this year. Oh, man. good Christmas. Last couple of Christmases, Sick invite, she didn't bro. send them. I, there was a reason, bro. More for me. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast. <laughs> okay, oh. that's just mind blowing, right there. What the fuck, Blake? <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm going to hold you kind of for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, please do. I deserve all the shit I can get for that. Oh, you will. <laughs> you will get it. Tamales is one of those things that I, because uh, well, growing up, I don't know if it was the same for you, Carlos, but growing up, it was every Christmas you went to Abuelita's house and made tamales. No, you guys didn't do that. It was a tradition no. in our family. Okay. Every Christmas, we all, all the kids went together and we helped grandma make tamales and just hours, just tons. Because, you know, Abuelita gave them to the whole community. Hell making yeah. hundreds of tamales and that's cool. And uh, the thing is, you're making so many, you make it just over and over. They're delicious. Like, and then you finally start eating them. But tamales are filling. And when you're like 12 years old and kind of chubby, you eat like four <laughs> of them. And then at the end, you hate yourself. And then the next year, you don't eat any tamales because you yeah. got sick from the last time. And then the next year, you forgot about that, so you eat four of them again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this vicious cycle, dude. It is. That's like the one thing about food. Like when I like, I'm still shocked about. The things I used to do as a kid. So, pupuserias in El Salvador are not open Monday Monday to Sunday. They're not. Pupusas is a much bigger thing from your part of the world, right? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, well, in, in Mexico, Salvador, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's at, I mean, I know they have them, but I don't think yeah. it's the same. No, it's like the national food in El Salvador. I didn't even discover pupusas until I married, met my wife, who's white, blue-eyed. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> she worked with some people that make pupusas because they were from, oh, I think dude. they were from El Salvador, yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. So and they were oh, mind blowing, oh, blew my mind, oh, yeah. man. Homemade, dude. Bubbles. I used to eat them. So back home, they're only they're only twenty five cents. Oh wow! And like that's you know, they're, I used to eat eight when I was twelve <laughs> years old. Well, eight, so, so hated myself, hated myself after. But it was the most filling, most wonderful feeling ever. <laughs> and they were twenty five cents. Twenty five. So cents. now that El Salvador is on Bitcoin, what are they? Depends on Four the hour Bitcoins. of the day. Is that, like point, is that like point zero 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 one Bitcoin? There are I don't think Bitcoins. they abandoned their currency. <laughs> no, we did. We went to the U.S. dollars. <laughs> 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 when I say twenty five cents, it means four quarter or whatever <laughs> actual quarters. Quarter. <laughs> yeah, Two dollar no. quarters. But yeah, no, it's a. Uh, I used to eat so much of that, but I never got sick of them. Yeah, that's sure. like the one thing. Yeah, 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 I, I, it, tamales just back and forth my whole life. This year, my mom sent them up, and they were freaking hitting the spot, man. Like oh, I, I, I don't remember. Did you eat four and get sick this year? No, I controlled <laughs> it. He said <laughs> one and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one. I was like, I want another one, but I'm full. And then I had a second one. And I was like, that was too much. <laughs> well, I'm stopping now. <laughs> and then you ate another one. No, 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 no. No tamales are for sure feeling. They're feeling. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. 
Um, I've never needed more than one. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, especially <laughs> when you eat it like a burrito. That's definitely <laughs> one and done. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm surprised you think I made it through the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think you, think you did. The whole thing? I don't, maybe to be polite, Blake probably got halfway through and like, I don't think I like this. I would like yeah. to politely I, decline. I, I definitely, I got, I forced enough bites <laughs> that I should have just finished it. Okay, but, I <laughs> I might have an ignorant question for you because I'm Mexican, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the big thing for us was the king's bread. Okay. Do you guys do that at all? No. No, not at all. I, I don't even know the history of it, to be honest. That's the circular bread with the fruits on it. We I know exactly Christmas. what you're talking about. We sometimes we, you do it with the baby Jesus in it. You get a little figurine. no, yeah, no. We definitely didn't. Do okay. that. <laughs> is this like the Mexican version of a fruit cake? Kind of. Yeah, because yeah. it's like this like circular donut looking bread, but it's huge. You break it off into pieces. Don't they have like a, is it better than fruit, fruit cake? Side? Yeah, Way you have better. the baby okay. Jesus somewhere inside the bread. <laughs> then I'm all about it. It's been a what? Am I mistaking the king's bread? I'm not sure because like I mean that sounds like a health hazard. Like, you're <laughs> no, just gonna choke like, on a baby Jesus. It was like, like a thing where like uh, if you find it's like a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't know where it is in the bread, so if you happen <laughs> across it. It's like a blessing. You found the baby Jesus. Then you go I to think the hospital. Like, you know, I joking. could be mistaking it with another tradition. No, no, no. I think no, you're right. I okay. think you're right. I was going to make a joke about how, like, what? Is it good luck if you accidentally get the piece with the baby Jesus? But I thought that <laughs> maybe that luck. was a problematic joke it's, to make. It's bad luck if you bite his head off. <laughs> Turns out I was yeah. right. <laughs> good luck if you get the whole body. <laughs> bad luck if you bite the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But no, that was never really our okay. thing. I'm just curious because I, no, yeah, I, I yeah. know it's... It's one Everybody of those things, does things different. Well, and, and like it, being in the community, like especially being in the U.S., there's a phenomenon where Latino communities are all kind of lumped in together. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously whole separate cultures and stuff like that. And Big being time. someone that was half white and kind of immersed, but also pulled in and out of the community, mm-hmm. I often forget and get confused as to who else celebrates certain things. You know, like something like Vicente, you know, is universal, but something like King's Bread, you don't know. Yeah. So tamales, too. I didn't. No, I just kind of said it. I didn't even know if that was a Mexican or a Latino thing. So no, you know it's funny you mentioned that because I ate, I ate different types of tamales, and when Mexicans say tamales, it's different than the Salvadorans. The, from what at least what I experienced, I'm not saying that they're sure. from in, El Salvador or Mexico. In what way? Oh boy, I don't know how to explain it. I know like, one thing. Like my family does. I don't know if it's a Mexican thing or it's just my family, but they put a single black olive in every tamale. So, yes, we do that as well. Okay. But, uh, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you guys wrap, or the Mexican tamales that I've seen, they're wrapped in, like, this, like... Ponchos. I get it. Is, we is do it like ponchos. A, is it, like, a corn leaf? <laughs> yes. Uh, corn uh, husk, no. yeah. Corn husk, yeah. yeah okay, because yeah. we do it on a on a palm leaf. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, or, wow. Yeah. But it's still masa? Yeah. Okay. But it's, like, greenish. Interesting. Yeah, it's not, like, whitish. It's greenish. I don't know how to explain. It's like I that would, makes total sense, though, because like my my ancestors were making corn, and you know, like yeah, whole well, different part of the like, world. Obviously, like corn came from Mexico. That's where it all originated. Well, El Salvador. Sense, yeah, I never. I'm always curious. What's the climate like in El Salvador? Humid as hell, dude. Is it really? Oh is it, my god. Is it wet or is it dry? Wet. It okay. rains a lot. That's because you guys have rainforests and stuff, yeah, right? So because Mexico, obviously, a lot of like this. Well, my family's from the Sonoran Desert, so okay, they're. Uh, uh, we did the DNA test. We knew this already, but we did the DNA confirm at the Sonoran, and we we're like part Apache, oh, like no way. deep part in there. So we're very dusty desert folk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very humid. Like I, I remember this day vividly. I was with one of my best friends at the time back home, and we were sitting 
because I lived in an apartment complex. I lived on the fourth floor. He lived in the third. And we were just sitting on the stairs. That that was our hangout spot. Mm. And all of a sudden, it was hotter than hell, sunny out. And then an hour later, it was just like pouring, like pouring. Wow. But you saw the steam coming out of the ground because how hot it was. Wow. And we were sweating buckets, dude. Huh. Like we were just like sitting there like hot. Like it was summer. Sure. But it was pouring, raining, thunder and everything. Wow. Yeah, it was very tropical. <laughs> Yeah, I'm spoiled because my fam. I didn't grow up in the Sonoran Desert. I grew up in Southern California. <laughs> my family's been Where here. It's wow. never not yeah. seventy degrees. My family <laughs> came over that Mexican border a hundred years ago, <laughs> over a hundred years ago. So Back I had when the luxury of growing really a border up border so much as just like the city I grew up in has the uh, what's it the most consistent climate in the world. Yeah, oh, that's it's, sick. It's seventy two degrees with like low humidity. I forget the percentage. Uh, more days of the year than any other place on earth. So wow. I didn't realize how spoiled I was. So I moved up here and this is great weather compared to oh, most yeah. of the world. Yeah. And like I moved up here. I was like, oh, there's so yeah, much rain. I'm, I'm coming here from Montana an and it's it fantastic. It more than an afternoon <laughs> up here. You know, <laughs> you know, I would have thought it was funny when recently I came here. I was living with my dad at the time and it started raining. But to me, the rain here is like sprinkling back home. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like it could be pouring raining here and it's like sprinkling back home. Wow. Like back home, that. we're talking about inch like thick. So you can like that South Texas. Oh, dude. Oh, like yeah. You hear that thing like they get the, that the water is about to penetrate your house. Type yeah, of thing. yeah. And like I was asking my dad, I'm like, so when is the real rain coming? He's like, this is the rain. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? You also moved here in the middle of like the worst drought California scene in years. I moved in 2010. Did you really? That sounds about yeah. right. Like, uh, wow, bro. That's California was in a drought for like yeah. nine I mean, years. I, you never told so me. I moved, I moved. I know ex- the exact date. I moved here August 12, 2010. That's wild, man. Yeah. You moved here after I moved back here and moved back down to SoCal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. that would have mean. So how old were you when you moved here? I was. I moved here when I was 14. My birthday is in September. So I was going to 15. 14 and 15. And yeah. I would have been. So that I was like 21. So. Sick. Yeah, but what am I? Eight year, seven year gap? Seven, eight, somewhere seven, in eight there. Eight to you, so that'd be seven to you. But yeah, interesting. Wild how that disappears once we all breach twenty, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it means like nothing, dude. I swear to God, I used to be like, "You're twenty some, ew," and now it's like, cool. I used to have that attitude too. Blake be like, "Oh, bringing my friends over," and like, I don't really want to hang out with middle schoolers, bro. <laughs> and they're just like, "You're old." Yeah. <laughs> Now it's like I'm like 19. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, what else are you gonna do? Just sit at home and play (laughs) video games? Pretty much. That's how we got to meet each other. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Although you know, it's not like I was bringing my middle school friends over at the time. We were all at that time. You and I didn't meet until I moved back too. So that's right. That's right. I think you recently moved back. I moved back 2014. Yes, that's when we graduated. That's when. uh, That's when we came. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how cha- time changes. It really oh, does, yeah. man. It really does. I was I don't think I think the first time you and I met, I didn't have kids yet or nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> so just like, I'm Blake's cousin. Like, what's hey, up? What's, and that's literally what I was doing was just playing video games, smoking <laughs> weed, drinking alcohol, and playing video games. <laughs> the oh, good yeah. times. And oh, that's yeah. why I brought Carlos up. Like, all right, Matt needs to have some friends. He's f- at least got something in common when, with Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys were in middle school, well, I guess you hadn't even quite moved here yet, but nah. when he was bringing his middle school friends, I was living here for like two years. Gotcha. I moved up here when I was 18. Okay. Thinking like, all right, I'm going to go 
paint house or whatever. And I got this cheap rent or whatever. So I moved up here when I was 18 thinking, yeah, I'm young, 18. I lived here for two years. We had like no internet living out here on the ranch. That's no, rough. no like cell phone service, obviously. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> living out here, we were the last people to get rid of landlines. This was Jesus. PS2 era. Yep. Like it, the yep. Xbox 360 had just kind of come out. Oh, no. And it was still like $400 to buy an Xbox 360. Exactly. So, and so nobody I was, had them. All I did, when I lived up here, I'd be off the grid once I came back here. So I just, you know, at 18, 19, I just smoking weed and playing like whatever video games you could find. Like I PS2 mean, era. Well, there were some on. good ones, but it's like, it's on not like games now. It's not like I could play, be playing online multiplayer yeah. and like connecting on the bright with side, the world. We still had a blockbuster back then. Yeah, but so you could drive into just, town for that, bro. Yeah, but you could drive into town. You could rent a, rent a bunch of video games, and if you didn't like them, you could take them back the next day. It all drove me nuts. I had that's why I moved back because, like, after a while, it's like I would just stop at Taco Bell on the way home at like four o'clock because I didn't want to have to come all the way home and then drive all the way back into town to go get dinner because I was too lazy to buy groceries. Yeah. Dude, why yeah. do you think I moved into town? <laughs> <laughs> it's better yes, now. Yes. Now that I'm more responsible and a little more prepared. And I have internet. There you go. That's huge. That definitely yeah. makes a difference. That definitely <laughs> makes a difference. Oh, that's crazy. It's crazy how time changes. Time, it oh, really yeah. does. I it mean, really we does, met man. 2014 and it's 2022. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that feels that's, like it was yesterday. It does. No. Yeah. It does. That's crazy. God, I've been up here a while. Yeah, Carlos, I think we've been friends like 10 years now. Because you transferred to uh, Livermore High in what, 2012, Junior. 2013? Junior year, yeah. 2012, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't get to know you guys until 13. 13. Yeah, it wasn't until you started year. playing football. Yeah. That was when you ended oh, okay. up in our friend group. You joined the friend group a little later, huh? Yeah. I'm okay. the late bird, but you know. That usually means you were cooler than the rest of well, them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're still, you're still one of the most valuable members of the friend group. Still definitely ranking above JR. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> so thunder hit. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think JR listens anymore. Carlos, as now a that drummer, he's, he's probably in Texas as we speak. <laughs> we don't shout out JR anymore. Now we shout out Christine. Hey. Shout out Christine. Hey. Christine who Carlos also knows. <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't be a podcast if it wasn't for Christine and JR. Let's be honest. Hey. Oh, yeah. They're the ones that keep us going. Let's go. Shout out. <laughs> okay. I got a question for you. Going back to family. I just thought of something I never asked you. Yes, sir. I, I might have asked you, but um, when was the last time you went back to El Salvador? Never. Never. You did tell me that. I did ask you that. Yeah, it's been 11 years. You still have family back there, It's been six months since we had you on the podcast. Do you have any plans of returning? (laughs) At least for a visit? It's it's in the works. I mean, definitely thinking about it. It's just the situation out there is fucked up, man. Still, huh? It's bad. I mean, it gets gets good and then it gets bad again. I heard people like praising the Bitcoin, like they accept crypto and stuff like that. Yeah, the president did accept it, yes. I heard it's like people are kind of seeing it as like a distraction. Well, they seen it. They seen it as a distraction, but like, they also like are kind of scared about it because I, I spoke with my mother about this, and I'm kind of mad at her because she got thirty bucks in Bitcoin. She does not want to give it to me. <laughs> she doesn't even know how to use it. She will probably never use it. But um, <laughs> thirty bucks now or thirty bucks ten years ago? No, thirty bucks now. Oh, okay. uh, I, I mean, that. it don't mean nothing. But hey, I got to build my portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> <But laughs> she's had thirty bucks in Bitcoin for like five Thanks, years. Mom. That's a big deal. <laughs> um, but no, so the president went into cryptocurrency. I think that El Salvador was the first country ever to accept yep. that as a currency. Big deal. 
Yeah, but I mean, not that the country's huge, but you know, it's something. Unless you want to count I mean, like Tesla for two weeks, yeah. And then they decided they weren't going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, one of, it's a big deal. Like we were talking about New Hampshire earlier. I think that state accepts Bitcoin in more places than any other state. Yeah, I mean, you know? people are are just scared because they don't know what it is. They're just angry oh, yeah. about it. I want to say Bitcoin is accepted more like worldwide nowadays than gold is. Um, the weird like, thing about Bitcoin is it's still used in countries that outlaw it. Oh, yeah. Because of the nature of Bitcoin and because of the blockchain, if you understand the blockchain, it's essentially a software program that exists on its own and it operates on its own. So, like, whatever's on the blockchain, it can't be hacked. It can't yeah, be it's, penetrated. It's not it can't be messed around with. Central computer. That's what makes it like secure. A, a commodity as a currency. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, it's essentially, it's a. It's a, uh, a valuable resource. It's mm-hmm. a scarce resource. Well, it, it has um, every yeah, time it, someone uses it, it has utility. It like it's reinforces just... the security. Wow! Yeah. So if it, someone tries to hack it, there's like there's a lock essentially on breaking in for every transaction or mining uh, piece that's ever been done. Essentially, and I could be loosely wrong on some of this stuff, but that's how I understand it. So it's it's fascinating technology. No, yeah, um, oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's. Like, I think with a lot of this crypto technology, there's a big future for it that, like, currency is only scratching the surface of what a lot of this technology can do. Well, some things like Final uh, Fantasy Football, like ESPN uses a blockchain for operating the fantasy football. That's interesting. Because it's just a self-computing software, right? So it's like it handles those kind of extensive calculations and stuff, and they just don't have to worry about it. So well, that's the whole point of it. Is a, it's a ledger that can't be altered, basically, And it was right? theorized for years. Like, since the beginning of the internet as a, a thing, it just it wasn't until... Uh, um, oh, God, what's his name? The, well, he is, he's, they don't know if he's a real person, but uh, Sato- Sataki... Could, I don't know, oh, it's, God, it's, I'm It's some Japanese dude. I don't remember Japanese the name. name. They don't know if he's actually Japanese, but um, he cracked yeah, it and created the first one, which was Bitcoin. And that's why you have to mine it because you have to – the mining is essentially um, putting through these calculations in order to unlock part of right. the blockchain or whatever, right? And then it attaches. And it, it, if I understand correctly, I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't even know. I as think, soon as I understand I, that, I was like, to that. I'm interested. I'm kind of curious about this because there's it's acting as a scarcity. And it's also a fascinating idea because those people trying to build social media and stuff on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, then – Suddenly, you have different social media platforms that aren't run by people. They are just a what's it? What would you call well, it? Specifically, be, the Ethereum blockchain. That's right? the one is, that's going to be yeah. So that's because I I I don't speak programmer at all, but apparently there's something different in the way that Ethereum works that you actually can host other things on it. Yeah. Well, and, and if, it's, if social media is on the blockchain, then people possible. can't be censored they might they might be able to work in terms of service from the beginning that you can't say this or do that but then it's not people making the decision on whether something right. it's is like or an isn't. algorithmic it's, thing it's purely. a very strict algorithm that can't be tweaked yeah and i think that's kind of cool oh yeah because absolutely. right now we're at kind of the whim all these companies facebook twitter all this stuff they can just decide one day that like you can't no more talking about the color green that's out no more drinking you know? whiskey on a podcast yeah it's like that's out and then <laughs> To have something that's like, no, you can do whatever you want. It makes the public square public again, you know? So, yeah, you know, it's really fascinating. You know, it's weird. So I have, I'm not like, it's gotten mad, but I have Norton as my, uh, you know, security software, I guess. Sure. They Team have McAfee, this, bro. Team McAfee. <laughs> McAfee didn't kill himself. <laughs> Anyways, um, they're actually mining for Ethereum. If you have a subscription with them. Oh, interesting. And you have the that's computer cool. on, they... 
you know how much I have? I'm fucking rich when it comes to Ethereum. I have $14. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to do anything about it. Norton did it for me. But like, I was kind of reading about like the the Norton mining like policies. And whatever money you make out of it, depending on your software, your graphics card mm -hmm. and all that, they take 1%. The rest is yours. There's something, uh, have you heard of the Brave browser? Mm -mm. There's a browser that's very akin to the Safari browser, like on iPhones. Oh, okay. oh it, iPhone. it, it's pretty seamless. I use it. It's the same thing. It's a yeah. blockchain uh, website or uh, browser. Uh -huh. And you just like, when you use it, you just by using it, you collect these crypto tokens. And basically, instead of har uh, data harvesting your like all your information and stuff like harvesting you, you, you get to choose. So you can like, you get a blockchain and your relationship with the advertiser comes becomes a currency exchange rather than just being you're you're being mined for your private data. Well that's like you know you and, and it's of, just um, it's just on the blockchain. It's just a browser that's on the blockchain. There's no huh. messing around with it. Have you ever heard of mines? I have heard of mines. So it's basically like a like a Tumblr or a Reddit type social media, but okay. it's it's the same thing. It's on the blockchain. Yeah. And it's it's open source. So like anyone you know, can see the algorithm that runs the website and, um, but it's, it's the same thing for like every like you get a minds token that's, yeah. that's worth something equivalent on the, it's Ethereum a fascinating network. idea. Nobody's really taking to it, but it's a fascinating no, idea. But the yeah. idea of liking someone's post influencers, and all that stuff to actually just make it I mean, a nowadays crypto token. Nowadays, people are way more interested in NFTs, which I still don't understand at that all. Monkey what is that? I don't know. I, I just know it's like like isn't it like a like, picture? Do you guys you remember the? Like, uh, do you guys remember like that art like on a blockchain? Okay. In theory, I like it, but I don't understand the pictures. Well, but the, the art just is on the level of like the um, what is it the that like little cat gif that was um, that went around YouTube back in like 2010. Oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the cat? flying cat or whatever. Yeah, with, yeah. It with the rainbow in the back. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. I'm sure one of our listeners might remember. But uh, I, I, I kind of remember the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah vaguely. It's like sparking something deep in the recesses of my mind. Oh yeah, no, it's like activating programming. <laughs> that was our trigger phrase. Well, the thing that I don't understand but, uh, about the art with the NFTs is you can just screenshot it, so you don't yeah. own. Like it's like when they sold Jack Dorsey's first tweet. It's like, what? Why? It's still there. No. Well, you it's, know, it's like, I the idea is that it like it's a digitally unique thing. Like it's because yeah. the blockchain, like we said, the blockchain is just a ledger that can't be altered. Um, so basically all it is, is there is an entry on this ledger that says you own this image. You, but like it's, it seems worthless. I don't know why people are buying. If people value buying something that it's not worthless, but I don't millions understand of dollars. It. I don't yeah, I think that's, it might be worth for somebody, but I just don't. Yeah. I don't, don't give a no. shit. I do think that there might be potential in that for something to, like in the audio world. I genuinely think this. I think musicians and stuff, if they were selling, if, say they wrote a song and they put it on a blockchain and sold it as an NFT, it's like, then that person, like if you, you should start, you give that person the rights to the song to do with what they want with it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, that's or cool. an audio clip or something like that, where it's like, instead of um, stock image, it's not stock images, but stock sounds and stock musical like tones and stuff like that. Like you just, you sell it as a blockchain unique algorithmic sound or something like that they do you already do that though like if you if you like look at like for example like recording artists like people that make beats yeah they buy 
sound banks from a specific artist. So oh yeah, no, I use a ton of that's what we do. I yeah. use a ton of loops from Logic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Travis Barker, you know, uh, who else? Another drummer. Oh Jesus, Steve Smith. Well, uh, you name it. You David Wick. Well, loops, Wickle. loops from Logic for uh, for Wickle? music, but like even Whoa. even for who? our. Um, Sorry, I'm totally blanking on a drummer that I always loved. Well, I was Wank, Wankle, Wink. Dave Wickle. 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 Yep, yep, yep. That's yep. it. Dude, like, you like, freaked me out. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> why did I add an N? I'm like, Wankle. I must be thinking Winkler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wankle. There you go. Phenomenal drummer. Great drummer. I've seen him live. Oh. Ooh. Oh, my God. With Chick Corea. Oh, shit. Before he died. Wow. In LA. Damn. At a jazz club. I, I remember was I, was, insane. I was in drumline and they sat us down <laughs> for like a learning day or whatever. And my, my coach, who's like a close friend of mine now, is an incredible drummer. And he's like, okay, you guys don't really understand drummers. We're going to watch drummers. So he sat us down and just played this like one after another of these drummers. And it was like Weckl, freaking Dennis Chambers. Oh, Jesus. Like, just so many. Like, just you, animals. Animals. Just, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. And guys that like you, a lot of people never heard of. And you're just like, oh my God. This is just a nonchalant dude that most people in the world have never heard of that is like playing shit that you never even imagined. Most of us are like, yeah, I have no clue Travis who this Barker. David Wilkel guy is. And I love is. Travis Barker's yeah. great. But like, fun fact I owe two of his symbols that he played. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have the splash symbol and the effect symbol. So is it I, weird that I love splash symbols? Dude, splashes have like a place just, in my heart. You know what doesn't have a place in my heart? Fucking China's. Fuck China. <laughs> I hey, fucking hey, hate China. Easy now. We're trying to make money from the, you know, the Chinese market that everybody's trying. Okay, to make I'm money not talking from. about that. <laughs> I'm talking about the motherfucking symbol, bitch. <laughs> I understand that completely, dude. It's the most disgusting, and nothing against metal, nothing hey, hey. against that community. China is the most disgusting sound. China ever. have a gr- they have a great place. China symbols in orchestral percussion. Oh, absolutely. But when people put them on their kits. Mine, I, I can't. It drives me nuts too. Wait, I'm can, with you. can you please explain <laughs> like me what a China symbol is? China is the most ugly symbol you've ever seen in your life. You play it upside down, and it sounds like a trash can. Like it has like yeah, that yeah. washy sound. It's kind like of a got whoosh, a gonginess to it, but it's, you, yeah, it's wait, very wet. Can you wet. name it? Like, can you name a musician that uses it? Slipknot? Like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's all I needed. Yeah. Here. Here's a picture of oh, one. Yeah. See how it's kind of like it all goes right. out and then in. I know exactly what you're talking about. Personally, this is just a personal take. I'm not attacking anybody that uses them. If you use it and you know how to use it. Mad respect to you. It's like me saying that I hate double pedals. It's not that I hate them. I don't know how to use them. And I hate yeah. people that play them because I'm like jealous about it. Yeah. See, but as like, somebody who doesn't when, know how to play music at all, like I can recognize when a band's using a double pedal. When someone's using it, like, I love it, you know. Someone using a china for an effect, like with a chain on it or something, that sizzle, like that's a beautiful sizzle. Yeah. But just when people are just like, Slipknot, <laughs> just adding that. Well, I like, never understood that. that. No, no, Slipknot like, was all you guys had to say. I immediately knew what you were talking. I, I think about. when he comes it to that, for them, that, they found their sound oh, with it. Well, because Slipknot has that very unique thing. Yeah, metal, metal, metal specifically, it, trash yeah. metal, I, heavy metal. Well, I think Slipknot having what like three, four drummers. They have a guy helps. that plays the trash cans. They have the drummer and they have a percussionist. I believe, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, I think it's three. Please, if you're a Slipknot fan, don't kill me. I don't. I don't know much about him. But if we had Mikey here, we'd probably have the answer. Slipknot was masking up before it was cool. Just saying, dude. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like you got to give credit to uh, Slipknot because like their image is just insane. Oh like, yeah, the mask, branding that, was incredible. I can't. Oh, even, yeah, like, I would love I mean, to go see them. You got to have something when you're just some band from. Aren't they from like Kansas or Nebraska or something? They could be from New it's Hampshire. Like Iowa. I don't care about those, man. 
They're from somewhere in the Midwest that nobody cares about. So like you have to be in your face and they, their branding was incredible when they were big. I was in high school Mm -hmm. and like all of everyone loved them and I wanted to love them. Yeah, because everyone loved them, and I like got some albums of it. I was, it just was not my music. No, definitely. There's like I, a handful of songs that That's I was not okay to say, with. No disrespect. Definitely I like not. all music. I, I mean, do. like if you listen, I there is some songs by them that I do appreciate and listen to. I mean, they got some badass music. Like if you really pay attention, and like if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's really it's personal preference. But to me, like I'm so versatile when it comes to my taste of music. That sometimes I feel like, you know, smashing my head and just like, yeah. you know, just getting crazy and like dial is in a corn, slipknot, you know, like stuff okay. like that. System I've, of the I've Down been... was pretty good for that too. Yeah. Loved me some System of the Down. System of the Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yes. Loved. Oh, God, I love System. Mastodon, I liked mm-hmm. uh, more than okay. Metallica. Um, you know who? You know, like, but you had to be in the right weird mood, but I love Primus. Yeah. I. I, 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 kinda, I, I understand what you're talking like that mood that you have to uh, be yeah. in like Primus, but love no, Primus. My name is Mud. <laughs> I, I will argue. I will argue you on the Metallica thing though, just because if nothing else, local pride. Mastodon. Like, well, the the creator. I can't remember his name. Because Metallica's the, from the East Bay. Like, yeah, they got Mastodon. The guy that started Mastodon was original part of Metallica. Oh, no, so yeah. that I didn't know. Yeah, um, that's cool. I didn't know that. I, could, I guess I could be wrong about this. Now, now you got me. I think Metallica is just one of those iconic bands. Well, it, absolutely. Like you can't you can't love them. Like if you don't love them, you can't hate them because they're just one of those yeah. iconic you know yeah. sounds that you're just like no. You know, I, they I, are. I, no I will say hate though, towards Metallica. Absolutely, absolutely. I will say though, like there is something weird because, like, having lived outside of the Bay Area for quite a while, like Metallica was one of those bands that everybody respected, but like there weren't Metallica fans in Montana. There were no. plenty of metal fans, but they weren't Metallica fans. Probably. Then moving back here and realizing like how mu- all the radio stations play Metallica, everybody loves Metallica, even people who aren't K-K-I-Q. like even like people who aren't <laughs> into rock music love metallica yeah and it's just it's it's a weird like even in 2021 there's still that geographical barrier to yeah, music metallica's it they were the right time the right band and they're they yeah wrote sure. some decent songs like their songs had that a little bit of that ear county quality yeah absolutely they, they, well, and they, they stuck in your head and they for sure mastodon influenced quite that have next that. generation. I like Mastodon a lot. Some of their songs had some of that, but now this is the one thing. And coming back to drummer talk on this, <laughs> why does everybody <laughs> hate on Lash? Like I heard a lot of like like drum forums are like people just don't like Lash. I don't know. Huh. If, like I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's like one of the greatest drummers, but I think I respect him for his craft. You know, like he yeah. can play the what double band bass. Is he in? Metallica. He's yeah. a Metallica oh, drummer. Okay. I thought Lars Ulrich was the or Lars. That's just I, I don't know his last name or first name. I don't know if his actual name, but Lars Ulrich. I thought he was a drummer too. Okay, he might, I, he he might, might be he, talking well, about the same person. Well, he might have been the original drummer too, and they might have changed. I know the because I know the dude like, name is Lars. Because like, I I want to say James Hetfield is like the only original member left or something. Yeah, I'm I'm trying no, to I, the guitarist. People talk the about Lash, Lash, but that's James Hetfield. But the dude with the long hair. They all have long hair. No, not the singer. <laughs> Do they not? No, hell no. I don't know. I haven't looked at pictures of Metallica in a long time. You need to quit doing drugs, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not 
hating on the dude, but like I've seen a lot, like a lot of conversations because they're like, I follow a lot of you know drummer Instagram pages, and like a lot of the times they're like, give your honest opinion about this drummer. I, I know like you hated Metallica's I, drums I hated for a Lars. long time. I, I, for a long time, in the same, you know what I realized though as I grew older is it's the Ringo effect. Well, we, we've he had was this. playing the right music for that music. <laughs> he was playing the right. Yeah. It was simple. It sounded too perfect. We've it had was, this talk about like Travis Barker too was another one. of We those. used to talk a ton of crap on Lars because he used metal sticks and you know like. Or, Dude, have you ever touched one of his like signature snares? No, that fucking thing is so heavy. Yeah, it's like pure metal, like pure metal. Wow. Like the snare is nothing but metal. I don't know if that's just like like best way I can describe it is like the diamond. You know, like what the the toolboxes are made out like of. Like diamond plated. Thank you. There yes, you go. that. Huh. It's made out of that. Just thick, huh? It's just thick and heavy, like pure metal. And I played it and it was just like, yeah. Like I, because, uh, shout That's got to gotta be a weird sound. It, oh, it's just heavy. It's like that rock, you know, heavy rock sound. It's got that deep Shout out to, uh, Dubs Drums, uh, Drums Basement. That's like one of my places to go. Have, okay. Let me ask you this. Have you seen that? Are you on TikTok? Yes and no. Yeah, like okay. I have an account, but there I was not like, look at it. Video going a while, a while back that was fairly viral that was about, um, why Ringo's a good drummer for the Beatles. Okay. And what he does is this guy's like, okay, what Ringo, it'll play like a song. What, is this, is this the guy who like his whole account is what this drummer could have done yes. and what this drummer did what instead. Did. And so it's like, uh, I've what, seen like he did a Dave Grohl video. I have to find uh, it. Cause he'll be like, okay, what he could have played. And he's playing like, uh, come together. And he plays kind of a modern drummer's take on come together. And you're like, Oh, it's not nice. And then it's like what Ringo played. And you're like, it makes you realize it wasn't just mashed potatoes. It was kind of complex. He was playing like this hemiola, like, you know, like he was playing the right part for the song. Absolutely. And, uh, it's a, if I find it, I'll send it to you. See, please, please. It was I, a cool video, man. I vaguely remember the Ringo video, but yeah, the one that stuck out to me was the, uh, that same guy made a video about uh, Dave Grohl when he was drumming for Nirvana. And it was, I don't know shit about music. I've, been pretty upfront with that this entire podcast but yeah. um but he would go through and he would play these very simple beats that fit nirvana songs and then he's like this is what dave grohl did and it was just you know it would be something as simple as like one or two extra i don't know what you guys call i, I guess beats hit hits on the yeah, drum yeah, yeah, yeah. okay he, or he would use um i don't know it just and it sounded so much better than the simple beat that seemed to fit Nirvana. I think that's the one thing that, like, I wouldn't say musicians against regular people, but like, that's the one thing that, like, like a, you could be a music a music lover, but like people that analyze that shit. I never really had that. Well, I wouldn't say the time. I never really had the desire to like analyze stuff like that. But like, for example, one of like f funk drummers. The meters drummer, I don't, I forgot his name, but like the meters are such a like one of the like top funk bands back in the whatever the time it was. I don't mm. want to say the time because I I don't want to <laughs> I, I don't want to say the wrong time. But like you listen to Sissy Strut, have you guys ever, ever heard that song? No. Mm -mm. Listen to that song. You listen to that drum beat. You're like, oh, he's doing something simple. And to this date, I have tried to play that beat. It's one of the most difficult beats, and it's nothing like he's not going crazy. He's just like. He's just doing a simple like, like it's, it's just. I love that about music, dude. It's like it sounds simple, but when you like break it down, it's like, 
How the hell is he doing? How the well, hell did he see, come up with it's this? It's like that this whole is... thing with Hard Day's Night. Have you heard of this? Uh-uh. People can't figure out what the opening chord is for Hard Day's Night. No way. That, no, I, that, like, I, I that, can like, see that. Yeah. Because that was... like, it's it's this. Obviously, it's in this. It's a D minus. No, it's an F. Oh, it's that. But it's got an augmentation here. It's like, but people just couldn't figure out what the chord And it's just a single strum. I should just be banned from music. I just said a D minus is a chord. D minus. I should be banned from music after that. It's a negative five. No. <laughs> I think that I think that first chord was an E flat minor. <laughs> I think this part's an A flat major. Wait, no, it's A that's sharp crazy. major. <laughs> no, but like that's the no, one thing e about music. The relative you... minor of F sharp. Cannibal. Have you seen Cannibal the Musical? Yeah. Okay. Oh no, 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 I have not. No, you no, like no. South Park, right? I do. I appreciate I, South Park. I just never really like took the time to like, so, look at episodes. So you should watch this movie. It's it's free on YouTube. It's called Cannibal the Musical. Okay. And it was Trey Parker and Matt Stone made this movie while they were in film school. Okay. It's, and it it's was hilarious. It's it's a shitty low budget movie, but they lean really hard into it being a shitty low budget movie, and it works. No way. And they have this, it's this great great joke about these like uh, trappers who's like set in a. a turn of the well like the 19th century or whatever in america like anyways as our <laughs> listeners know from the breckenridge episode yeah. we love this movie so there's this like scene where they like the they're like yo ho yo ho and then one of the third guys like yo like off every time and then it the song just finally ends in the middle of it with them arguing about what key they're singing in. <laughs> but it's like super meta because they're arguing. I thought it was A flat major. I thought it was A minor. I, I forget the exact ones, but it's the same. They're arguing about the same Wait, scale. Are you guys using but, Mixolydian yeah. scales or something? <laughs> if any, it'd be a race 13th, if anything. I got to check it out. <laughs> it's dumb, dude. It's so funny. Uh, it is a great movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. The, like everything else aside, the music in this movie is fantastic. Like it has no business being in some college students' film project. You can okay. see how these like, dudes were destined to to do make great it. things. Yeah, gotcha. It's one of those, and it's they lean into the like to one point where they were like, um, they had to rent a horse for the main character, mm-hmm. but they were shooting so intermittently that they couldn't rent the same horse because they couldn't afford it. <laughs> so, so they just- purposely would dramatically change the color of the horse and the breed and everything in every nice. scene. Well, and it would, it, no, it would be in, in some cases it was the same scene. It would cut to a different camera angle and he's just on a different horse. <laughs> Dude. It was like a scene was, where they couldn't, that, two characters couldn't be in the same place at the same time to their two <laughs> actors. So like to make it because they thought it was obvious, they decided to record one of the actors by the freeway. <laughs> just and, make and it so obvious. Can, yeah. And if you listen, you can hear yeah. So, like, one character's like, yeah, I just always thought. And then it cuts to the other one. And you, That's very interesting. And the baggage here. <laughs> it's so dumb, dude. I need to check this out now. It's, it's called oh, Cannibal. It's Cannibal, Cannibal the, the Musical. It's one of the best freaking movies. Okay. When I was in Drumline, this is a, for me, it ties to my Drumline roots because that was a <laughs> tradition. It does. When I was in Drumline, oh, yeah. I went to my first drum party and they were like, okay, all right, we're playing games and having fun, eating pizza, or whatever. Like, okay, time for Cannibal. And I remember I was like 14, like, what? What's that? You know, like, okay, we'll sit down and watch. And they just sat us down and we watched this weird-ass movie. And it became this, like, yearly tradition. (laughs) All Uh, right, hell yeah, I'll check it out. It's so funny because you introduced me to this movie. And you introduced it to me the same way that you introduced, like, a lot of stupid movies to me. (laughs) Which is, you, you, like, I came over, you had me smoke a bunch of weed, 
and then watch this dumb movie that was made on like a $5,000 budget. What? Me never. <laughs> but every Spence single one of them guns. was fantastic. Like, uh, what's the other one? Shakespeare abridged. Yeah, that was a good one. It was a play. It's it was just dumb. Like these three guys just decided to act out all of Shakespeare's plays in 45 minutes. Oh, Jesus. That sounds hectic. <laughs> and so it's it just one big Shakespeare medley from these three, like, theater guys. Nice. <laughs> it's yeah, fantastic. It's, it's dumb. Um, <laughs> hell yeah. Anyways, not to go off on a tangent there, I was kind of hash- casually looking for that video of the Ringo thing, but I couldn't find it. So. <laughs> uh, um, it'll turn back up again. Like, the way that algorithms work, the fact that we're talking about this on a podcast, it's going to come across all of our For You pages on TikTok. <laughs> In like three days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, another, I mean, not that we're in the same topic or not, but like another person that I admire, and I think we spoke about it on the previous podcast, was Carter, the oh, drummer yeah. from uh, Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Like, you just listen to his stuff, and it's just like, you look at his kit. Everything about it. Up, everything about Carter is, is weird. The dude's a wacko. Yeah. But he's like one of the coolest wackos ever. His, he shows up with a bandana, like one of those like marching band like yeah. jackets, <laughs> gloves on. He's wearing you gloves. Know, he's probably stoned as hell as we speak. <laughs> but like the way he plays the drums is just like so musical. The sound that, yeah. that kind of seems to be a common thing with like iconic drummers is that they're all kind of wackos. They do some wack but, shit. But because like, like Neil Peart was also kind of a wacko. He did have the time machine. He did have the time machine. Like like Neil (laughs) Peart would just like go to his private island and (laughs) yeah, you know that about Neil Peart. Time machine. He had his freaking like he would just like go out. He had a canoe to get across it to his little private island on his property where he had a a set set up, and he would just like write. Wait, this is like a legit thing. Yeah, Yeah, Neil Peart. Like when he he had an island, he had a little island that just had enough room. I think just didn't we also lose Neil Peart in twenty twenty one? We did. We did. Holy shit. Right, we got to drink to Neil Perp, I'm empty. I'm empty. Oh, 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 we got to top Carlos. Give him an ice. Give him an ice. <laughs> I was going to say. We nice stat. I had a drinking game for all the listeners, but it hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I could probably use some more of this, too. You, you want more ice? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, to me, Neil and Carter are complete opposites. Oh, he might More than anyone to me. Like. Maybe because I like those bands, but like, I mean, Rush and Dave Matthews are complete opposites. Oh, big time. For sure. From their time, absolutely. But like the whole Rush was written drums first and and Dave Matthews, I think, has written drums last. Because like. But that's the fucking insane thing about Rush. Rush feels a lot more like structured and almost like. uh, And that's part of the way it's written. Carter's written. It's like it's like Dave writes on an acoustic guitar. First of all, I don't know if you're playing a guitar, but Dave's. I, you, I wish I did. You think you can learn. play a Dave Matthews song. He's like, yeah, he plays an acoustic guitar. It's just like four chords. I can handle this, whatever. And then you go to look up the chords and it's like, I don't have enough fingers. He like invented <laughs> this chord and I can't do it. Like my hand just doesn't move that way. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Dave, will See, that's this. the way I feel about anything. That's not a power chord. Yeah. I love power <laughs> chords. Dave, like, like even bar chords, which are just power chords on steroids. Yeah. I have such a hard time. With. Actually, somebody <laughs> recommended me this album. Listen to, no, I forgot the fucking title, but it's in Brazil. Dave Matthews Band in Brazil, I think is one of the live albums. Yeah, one of the live albums. Listen to the song Warehouse. Holy fuck. Wait, was it it Brazil or was it New York? It was in Brazil. 
Okay. I know exactly the album you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, like, Warehouse Brazil. in New York is great. Dude. Okay. The way that, like, the when, when they do that, like, Latin break, and, like, they're doing those hits, and, like, the way Carter just plays it, it's just, it, like, I don't even have words to explain it. I, I don't, like, like it's, it's just wild. It's like Dave Matthews writes songs that, if they didn't, ha- they, they have no business having drums in them. Like he'll write Grace these songs. Street. <laughs> Grace yes. Street, dude. Grace Street. There's no business for drums in that. But Carter puts. It's like he's like this freaking, uh, like a like a like a surgeon. He's just got like this surgical talent to just insert these drums in Was such that a an beautiful intentional, way. Uh, Weird Al reference, like a surgeon. Oh no, it wasn't. <laughs> That's was uh-huh. a surprise. No, you know it's funny. Uh, so Lucas, uh, we were in we were in band rehearsal. And Lucas shout out started. Lucas shout Sanchez, out to Lucas. By the way, one of the Again, greatest guitar players I'm I've ever met. <laughs> the boy. Uh, so we were in band practice, and he started playing uh, Gray Street. Mm. When I heard the song first, I'm like, "This is a polyrhythm. This is a fucking five four. And then all of a sudden, I hear the I hear the actual song. The drums are in four four, but like the way the guitar is sounding in the background is like ding 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 ding. I'm like, this should not. This is things that should not fit, but they make sense. It's somehow you know? he masters like a hemiola between the freaking yeah, between the guitar and it, Dude. Uh, the song itself Dude. and him. It's like wild. Like Dave Matthews is one of those artists that I like I have mad respect for. And like as much as I respect him, I can't get a lot into his music because <laughs> it's so fucking whacked. It's weird. It's so it's whacked, weird. but it makes sense. Well, and this is this is why like everybody always kind of has this idea like you either love dave matthews or you hate dave matthews hell yeah there's not really an in-between there's there. no like i like what no shut up is like, you like my right. number yeah. 41 no there's no like oh, number baby. 41 banger <laughs> you're gonna make i'm gonna banger. go listen to a bunch of dave matthews after this now <laughs> banger. something tells me carlos is gonna put a bunch of dave matthews on on the drive we're back. gonna put it in the, the <laughs> podcast description <laughs> all the albums you should listen to from my perspective no like it's just it's just wicked i guess i'm a little weird in the dave fandom because i do love the studio albums and not everyone does some people only like the live albums that's a big thing in that fandom um i do like the studio albums though everybody has like their own taste because i've heard bands where like i've heard their studio and it sounds good but I'd rather listen to the the the, the, yeah. the live. Well, well, the, so Tower the most, Power. Well, the most uh, iconic example of this is Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton released an album and it was a flop. Then he recorded it live, and Frampton Comes Alive was one of the best selling albums for a while. Yeah, might still be, like it's iconic. Like you still hear that on the radio all the time. Yeah, I think yeah. one of like one of those albums for me was Tower of Power's. Uh, Tower of Power songs. is another one. Like they have like the old school sound in their studio albums, like "What Is Hip," uh, "You're Still a Young Man," but the album that always resonate resonates with me, and I don't know why, it just sounds so good, and it's live. It's at the Fillmore actually. Was their 40th anniversary concert? Everybody's best live albums at the Fillmore. God damn it! What, what's like, up with the <laughs> Fillmore and the apples? Can like, somebody explain the apples from the fucking <laughs> Fillmore? Like I don't get that. There is something <laughs> special about. Not just the Fillmore, but like, like the Bay Area in general. For whatever reason, we've turned out some of the greatest music. Yeah, yeah, of all I'm time. Sure. Like if you think we, about it, California has some fire musicians. Yeah, oh yeah, man. oh yeah. It's well, between the again, Bay Area and LA. Again, not just California, specifically the Bay Area. The Bay Area has had some of the most. Carlos Santana. 
Uh, Carlos Santana, Metallica, Metallica. Green Day, uh, Janis Joplin, right, Green Day too. CCR, The Grateful Dead, The Beach Boys. Were, were the Beach they Boys? Bear? I don't know if they're Bear, but you said California. I thought they were SoCal. <laughs> oh, okay. No. But yeah, uh, I think the Monkees were SoCal too. Yeah. Well, regardless, but, the uh, state, I think the state of California has a oh, fire musician. Oh, for yeah. sure. Hands oh, yeah. down. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's like... Yeah, I, but that's like the Bay Area. That's our way of competing with Hollywood and the film industry. Is yeah, fuck Hollywood. The Bay Area is like the you, spot you for the music industry. You don't think it's the microchip? No, fuck, fuck Silicon <laughs> Valley. They're trying to steal all our no, data. I Musicians think, are just trying to entertain us. And I might get a lot of hate for this opinion i think the bay area was a powerhouse when it comes to music but i think yeah they haven't LA'd, really put out a lot of big la music has it in yeah. well i think you could be from the bay area but i think la is the only place with power that can right. transform yeah. well like like one of the one of the last big acts to come out of the bay area was like mac dre right it was, i think it was Jeezy. g g is kind of niche though like he's regardless he's mainstream, he's but he's kind of niche. popular He's from Oakland. He's As popular here in the Bay Area. He's not super popular outside of the Bay Area. Okay, Montana doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, I was Montana, bro. Motherfucker, George Strait. <laughs> <laughs> we got to You guys listen to Jimmy Buffett and fucking Willie Nelson. But okay, who doesn't listen to Jimmy Buffett and Willie Nelson? Snoop Dogg listens to Jimmy hey, Buffett Willie and Willie Nelson. Nelson. covered a Dave Matthews song. <laughs> exactly. That, by the way, that song, Gravedigger, was the song that got me into Dave Matthews in the first place. <laughs> I'd rather talk about coming like back that's to that. the song that got you into Willie Nelson. <laughs> coming back to that topic, I heard that song. It was a live show, and he did a solo, Gravedigger. Oh. And I heard the live version. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, the studio version with drums. I'd rather hear the solo version. Yeah. Like, it's like, I think Dave has those, like, Gray Street. I don't want to hear it live. Even the new stuff, uh, uh, God, what's it called? Samurai Cop? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, the album, studio album's fine, but that one he did before the album came out, I can't remember where he did it, but that live version, I just freaking love. But See, like, that I, shows I don't like, know this, because I'm not, like, a hardcore Dave Matthews guy, but Samurai Cop just sounds like the most interesting title. <laughs> and it's like, I think it's about, like, a baby being born. It so nothing, that's Dave nothing, Matthews, man. Nothing really no, makes nothing sense. Nothing having to do with samurais or cops. <laughs> All I know is whatever Dave Matthews takes drug wise for creativity, I want it. Yeah, right. <laughs> because if I can get that creative and do some wicked shit that does not make sense, but it makes Dude, sense, I want it. If Dave Matthews disclosed that information, Dave Matthews would not be special. <laughs> I bet it's ayahuasca. It might be ayahuasca. <laughs> it's peyote. <laughs> Dave Matthews and Joe Rogan are doing the same drugs. That's, that's, that's all I know. <laughs> Mushrooms, though. Yeah. Mushrooms okay. get you creative. Okay. <laughs> but have you ever tried DMT? Have you ever tried cocaine? Calm down, Joe. <laughs> have you ever tried whiskey? No. By the way, whiskey? I'm a. I don't. I don't do drugs. Kids don't do drugs. Stay. Stay in school. <laughs> um. No, it's music is insane. That's all I gotta say. Music, well, is, music well, is great, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't understand like the technical aspects of it at all. You don't have to. That's the no, beauty. No, that's of it. I. I've always loved music. Well, that's the beauty. Like of all any art. any kind of music mm -hmm. whatsoever, I'm into it as long as it sounds good. I don't care if it's technically sound. I don't care if it's. I I don't even know what other measures you get. What's what's the drum core measures you've got. Uh, they have like a lot of measures. Well, I mean, like that they rank <laughs> you on music jokes. 
Fucking got him. <laughs> 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 Fucking got him. <laughs> oh, you, no, I, honestly, no, like, they measure you by like visuals and uh, drum corps. Yeah, it'll be like visual uh, music and uh, general effect. Okay, yeah. I don't care if it stacks up to that. I don't care if it has the general effect. If it, if it sounds good to me, I'm into it. Doesn't that matter what genre. Drum regular music corps uses is a different that. thing, though. Like, yeah, I, drum I corps is its own thing. Like, you can't compare I'm, it to I, like I was music, looking, music. I was looking for that term. Because the visual effect. element is that a huge <laughs> part of the musical element for them. You no, know, actually. Sure, but I was, yeah, I was looking for the this term is, general effect because mm. that just seems like the it factor. <laughs> That's really This it. is the one question that I asked in high school because when I was coming up, being a musician, I ask people because everybody makes fun of my faces. And one of the things that I ask, actually, a lot of people at the high school, LHS, you do make a lot of shut great the fuck up. faces. I'm aware. Drum <laughs> every every drummer does it. I feel like, but everybody everybody has their own way. I just watched too much Tito Puente, and I wanted to be like him. So. Well, that, well, that's just like Michael Jordan had had his thing with his tongue. Bro, music does what Whenever it does he was, to you. Music does. Thank you. you. Know, it's, thank yeah. you. When, when, when you. When you're, you're in the pocket, it, you're to not reference our last Cal Carlos episode, when you're in the pocket, like none of that shit matters. That's Hell the no. thing, right? It's like a musician that's worried about that. Because that's one of the things drum corps, because in drum corps, you can't really make a bunch of faces. You can't lose yourself in the music in the same way because it's so regimented. Was that yeah. an intentional yeah. reference? What's that? Was that an intentional reference? To what? To lose yourself in the music? <laughs> this fucking dude. This guy. Okay, he's cut See, off. Is, uh, I thought I was gonna be cut no off from the whiskey. whiskey. He's cut off. <laughs> <laughs> the host See, is just, cut I'm, off. I'm a music fan with no technical knowledge. I'm just trying to find a way to stay in the conversation. That was pretty <laughs> good. Dude. He goes with the jokes. God damn it. Yes. No, but I'm come, a comedian. It's what I do. So two come trailer <laughs> park girls. Yeah, going round to the outside. <laughs> round the outside. Yeah, I don't Sorry. get that one. Oh, okay. I don't follow. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos. Let me interrupt you. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what I was going to say is that that question that I was that, that I was saying was like, what would people prefer when you go see a live band? Is to make them sound like to hear them as they sound on the album, or to see a performance? That's exactly it. Because if you're seeing even an orchestra, if you're looking at the orchestra and you're they're just playing and dead face, it's. No, at that point, might as well listen to the fucking album. It's no, free. Yeah. No, well, you not want, free. You, you want to like, see somebody feeling it. Like that's exactly because like I've been to concerts where the opening act blows the headliner off the stage, and it's just I've seen that it's, so many times. It's just because the I lived like, it. It's because the opening act is just enjoying what they're doing, and the headliner's yeah. there to get his paycheck. I, and the reason go home. that the New York Philharmonic is so much better than your local middle school band is because they're Says feeling who? it. Oh, <laughs> They're losing themselves in it. That's why. Absolutely. I just in, you know in the in the moment. Yeah. That's they a, own it. The one the, the one crazy thing when it comes to like bands is like, yes, people go see the headliner, but sometimes you don't know about this band. Like, I think we lived a couple of times with Truth Without Fear. Not you know, I'm not trying to put anybody in bash or anything. Sure. But like we played a couple of shows where like I think we shocked a lot of people when we were Truth Without Fear because how young we were, but like how fuck how musical we were. And like a lot of times we were just like the second opening act before the main event. Sure. And a lot of times it's just like people were just going nuts because you know Lucas is playing his solos. I'm I'm oh, just yeah. doing my phases. Yeah, yeah. Bren is doing his thing, and it, it was crazy. Well, and that's like you know I can relate to this as a comedian too because like um, recently I went to go see Dan Soder, who's one of my favorite comics of all time. But my buddy Mean Dave was opening for him. Shout out to Mean Dave, by the way. If you're in the Bay Area, 
find this guy. He is fucking hilarious. But Mean Dave had me dying for his 15-minute set to the point where it was like Dan Soder had to fill those shoes now for his hour that he was performing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to follow somebody who just blows the house down. Oh, yeah. I got an obscure drummer I'm curious if you know about. Uh, Martin Axenrod. Never heard of him. Okay, I'm just curious. Have you Is heard he of the band Opeth? Never heard I've of heard of Opeth. Yeah, so it's a it's a metal band, one of my favorites. Okay. It's, it's one of those bands that just ended up going so into the music. It's a metal band from like Sweden. They ended up getting so lost in the music, they have these like 10, 15 minute songs like where they just get lost in it. So they're like Tool. I love their drummer. He's Good great. Shit. They all call him Legolas because he's super Swedish with long blonde hair. And Sick. <laughs> and he's Orlando Bloom. Yeah, I've seen them live and he, he really... I. He struck me in the albums, but when I saw him live, it really that's like the me. one thing that like a lot of a lot of times people don't understand is like the craft that goes behind it. Yes, you could be amazing, an amazing singer, amazing guitarist, an amazing player, but you can always fix it behind a software. Yeah, when you yeah. go see that live, and it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, holy fuck, did that just happened. Yeah. Like that's the shit that like blows that's your why mind. those Dave albums are so huge alive because they go on those tangents, man. Homie, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, like they, no, they're, they're just tangent. insane. Like, it's just like, what are these guys doing? Yeah. It is so magical. And I just want to watch more of it. Yeah. Well, and that's so like, um, you know, I, I can kind of relate to this with uh, like, I'm a big, big Dave Grohl fan. I love the Foo Fighters. I love Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Iconics. But, but no performance, like no album from either band compares to uh i was in seattle a couple of years ago and i was just like strolling around downtown and the pike's place market apparently is a hot spot for buskers okay um but so like i'm just walking around downtown and um and i see this crowd forming around this busker so i start just like hanging out like yeah, oh check it out. Like, yeah, this, yeah. this guy must be good he's got a big crowd it was Surprise. fucking dave Grohl. that's crazy <laughs> sitting there like just doing yeah. He was doing uh Times Like These by nice. the Foo Fighters. That's awesome. Which is which is already one of my favorite Foo Fighter songs. But like nothing I've heard from Foo Fighters or Nirvana or Tenacious D since he's their drummer too, uh compares to just listening to this dude with an electric guitar and no or not acoustic guitar. Maybe I should be cut off. Uh, yeah. no, 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 with an acoustic guitar and no electronics whatsoever. Yeah, nothing else I've heard compares. I think Dave Grohl is one to of those you? musicians that is like to me. And like, no, like, but yeah, as far as like albums so, no, that I, I can listen like to the, on my the, phone, the reference nothing compares. Oh, yes. fucking got him again. I, got I, him again. You know, I'm, I'm the one who's been making these jokes, and that one went right over my head. I should be ashamed of myself. I think Dave is one, just one of those musicians that is just down to earth. He's oh, just Dave, happy for doing sure. what he's doing. Dave Grohl. Well, that was, he stuck around and he was literally taking selfies with everyone who stopped to watch. Fuck yeah. On like top he of was being an incredible drummer. Cool. The songs, the fact that Nirvana, all that happened, he broke up and he was just like, I'm going to write my own songs. I'm going to stop he, playing well, drums and well, play guitar. And well, write my own And the songs that he wrote are some of fire. Well, the and, best songs, man. Yes. <laughs> They're so good. Well, and on top People of that, on top of that don't the, realize the, how many songs that they love that are by the Foo Fighters. They don't, if you don't know the Foo Fighters, people listen casually. Yeah. They don't realize how many of those songs by the Foo Fighters they know and love. 
Because it's like one thing to have a song or two by a band that you don't really no, follow. The Foo Fighters, I can listen to literally anything on any of their albums. For most people that don't listen to the Foo Fighters, that Easy. they don't realize that they're all Foo Fighters songs. Well, and Dave Grohl takes it a step further because he's one of those musicians who is just, he's so talented that, um, like the Foo Fighters' first album, I think it was the self-titled album, uh, Dave Grohl recorded every single instrument wow. on that album. That's crazy. Yeah, and then he got a band to tour. Yeah, yeah, and on, on a freaking just like, it's on a cassette nuts. tape. That's yeah. just yeah. nuts, dude. Yeah. Like who does that? And That's... since the Foo Fighters rose up, have you noticed that not a lot of Foo around? Yeah, they They've have been, been doing a safe. really good job fighting the Foo. <laughs> fighting the Foo. <laughs> Jesus, it took me a minute to realize it. <laughs> I have a question, Carlos. Yes, sir. You ever thought about leaving it all behind and becoming a bucket drummer in Vegas? No. Really? Dude, yeah. even I've thought about leaving I, it all behind and becoming a bucket drummer in Vegas. And I don't know the well, first number fucking one, thing about bucket drumming. Well, number one, we got to take it to music lessons because you're not going to make it, number one. <laughs> number what, two. I'll, uh, go to, I'll go to Lowe's. I'll come over later. You'll give me lessons. You just assume <laughs> he's going to give you lessons, huh? So you think Lowe's is going to give you lessons? Lowe's, no, Lowe's come. is going to give me buckets. And then Lowe's Don't is going to teach you lessons. premium for buckets, bro. I got him spilling out the side of the shed over well, here. He's trying to. He thinks Lowe's is going to give him buckets, and Lowe's is going to give him lessons. I don't think so, bud. Bro, how many bucket drummers you seen with blue Lowe's buckets? Okay, you're right. Yeah. Fine, I'll go to Home Depot. <laughs> Are you happy? No. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> no, I. I actually, no, Lowe's you know, got an ace now. I should see if my employee discount still works because I worked there like ten. Years number ago. one, I can't. I haven't really. You know, thought about it because I've never been to Vegas. Are you down? Do you like the bucket drummers? You've never been to Have Vegas? you seen any live never bucket drummers? I, dude, those motherfuckers are something else. There's something else. Dude, I, I went to Santa Cruz a couple times for multiple reasons. But uh, um, I've seen some, some drummers. Some reasons we've talked about Back on this to podcast. the mushrooms again. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I went to, you know, Santa Cruz a couple times and like a lot of People in that, even San Francisco, Seen like some great have, plays, right, dude? Some animals. I mean, <laughs> like they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no! no I, shout never out mind. To, no, no. Shout out to Matt's sister Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I didn't mean that Santa Cruz time, but anyways, <laughs> there is multiple stories behind that. Anyways, um, no, uh, like I, a lot of those drummers, dude, like you just listen to their beat and like. They're phenomenal. Yeah, they're yeah. crazy drummers. But I don't, I don't consider myself like a bucket drummer, just because I don't think I got the chops for it. I'll, like, I'll play a beat. I'm a drummer that keeps. Oh yeah, the beat. that's an interesting point because it is a different set of chops. Well, it's that like you, you, you're I, your I, own I, show, bro. I was you're say doing that the might beat be and more, the solo. That might be more from my world because, like, if you're if you're a marching drum line, the amount that you play, easy, it's all in your well, hands. It's, if it's you're playing a single snare or the drum tenor drums. You're able to get a lot more sound just out of your two hands. You're not even incorporating your feet much. Hell no. It's also, all hands. I, I didn't even think of that. That's interesting. Yeah. Also, I can't believe you mentioned Vegas when I believe the biggest bucket drummer is from San Francisco. Best bucket drummers I've ever seen were in Vegas. There's a dude in San Francisco that's been on like I national news. He's that been dude, featured as like, like in fluff pieces and shit. Well, he's sounds also, like a hack. <laughs> fake news. Well, I mean, uh -huh. if, he's, if he's finding rent in San Francisco that he can afford to pay with bucket drumming. He's life hacking at least. Why do you assume he lives in the city? How, how do you know he doesn't commute? 
Fucking got him. <laughs> I, that, that's got a him. fair point, I guess. I mean, I commute to the city to tell my shitty jokes. So, <laughs> no, I think I, I, I think I saw this guy, but I think the reason why he was interviewed, uh, he was one of the original OGs that started bucket drumming. Yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He, he. I'm not. He's a local he, celebrity. He is a local celebrity just because he's he's the regular or I like don't the remember original his OG. name. I wish I could shout him out. But yeah. <laughs> I just know Shout out to the, the bucket, bucket drummer, drummer from San Francisco. <laughs> Shout out for sitting on those dirty streets. <laughs> Oof. Got him. I'll, to be fair, like he blew those, uh, like the human statues out of the water because there's human statues all over San Francisco. I'll, when and I see I'm, bucket I'm kinda, drummers, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> all I can think of is is their their cost on sticks must be high. Oh, dude. Oh, that's got to be hard on your sticks. Chopping through like lumberjacks, man. Easy. <laughs> but I think, I think you also buy the bundles. Like the cheap bundles because yeah, you're you not. Tear them up. You, you got to go to Costco. You got to get them in bulk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Costco has a mugging thing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm is sure it Costco has. They do not. Sticks. I can guarantee you. Okay, <laughs> I got a Costco I, membership. We're, we're they going do not. to Costco right now. We're gonna see because <laughs> they have like this tiny little music se- section, but there's music stuff there. Well, you have fun at the parking yeah, lot because it is like close. A, <laughs> an acoustic guitar for ages five plus. Yeah. Good, the music section at Costco. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is that brand? Vic Fur? No. That's, well, you that's you like, ended no, up no, getting one of those for my sister, no, right? First <laughs> act. First act. Oh. That, that's <laughs> the fucking bundle of first act. <laughs> Driftwood. You, you get those big old 5A sticks from first hey, act. Man, those things are light. You have to some risk control for that. Man. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I Okay, as a musician, I always never I never thought of this watching bucket drummers, but as a painter, I watch bucket drummers, and now all I can think of is... So first they, you thought it's a waste of sticks. Now you think it's a waste of buckets? No. I think that it's a waste <laughs> to only use five-gallon buckets because there are two and one-gallon buckets that could give you oh, different that's tones. that's true. That is very true. They could be having a little set. Well, <laughs> see, this is why you need to go watch this guy in Sacramento. You need to go watch this guy in the city, man. Nah, he uses, he uses different size buckets. He uses, <laughs> he uses like, uh, like the water cooler jugs. He uses everything. Okay, uh, so he's a so, novelty. Sounds so like a hack. So we're talking about the '80s music on the 21st century. You go to Vegas and you have these dudes that are, are coming with like the a printer, and that thing sounds phenomenal. <laughs> like that was that that's the old OG. But like, if, there are so many different places that you can go see a bucket uh, drummer. So many places. Vegas. I can't even imagine Dude, Vegas. Vegas has got to have some bad. Well, go Vegas, on Vegas has so just walking down Fremont Street. There's like seven or eight bucket drummers at all times well yeah just up and down the street i don't know i never been on top so. of <laughs> on top of all the half naked women and the like seven michael jackson impersonators and we uh we went and to just the elvis impersonators that are just constantly walking past you. san francisco <laughs> city uh, story my uh my sister-in-law and her husband live in well, now they live in London, but they lived in Paris, okay. right? I don't think I, I don't know if I've told you this, but my, my brother-in-law is a music producer. No, he's I had didn't a, know this. he's had numerous. Carlos uh, is like, man, why didn't you set me up, you well, dick? <laughs> if I could have, I would have set myself up first. Like, <laughs> Shit. Yeah. It's not for lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a he's an incredible musician for one, and a great guy. But he's a him and his band, which is like they kind of shifted from being a band, like a kind of punk band into a to producers mm. so they started working with you know that whole thing with bands where they like meet an artist and help them write songs and then produce it for them and mix it and all that stuff right they've had a bunch of number one singles in europe 
That's crazy. Like, he's just like had a major success. Like they relocated to London and just continued to freaking upshoot. Right. Well, the first time they they came out here, they hadn't been to the city, San Francisco. So they were out here visiting like 2018, I think it was. Um, so back when San Francisco was quote unquote normal. Well, I don't think San Francisco has ever been normal. Been to, <laughs> I've been to Paris a couple times. I've been to some other big cities. And San Francisco is definitely its own eccentric kind of thing. Well, right? it's like oh, absolutely. it's like you're trying to compare Portland with somebody else. Portland is nothing but its own thing. Well, Portland's and weird. It's different from San Portland's That's weird. Motherfucking San Francisco no, too. No, but San no, 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 Francisco. But, but Portland like owns it. Like that is literally the city's well, motto. I mean, it's is Oregon. Keep what do you expect? <laughs> it is Oregon. And we, the rest of Oregon's motto is "Don't Portland my Oregon." <laughs> we uh, we took them to the city. Shout out to Jet Gladstone for that uh, nice. <laughs> that little <laughs> quip. <laughs> we took them to the city. They hadn't been there, right? They lived in Paris, one of the greatest metropolis cities of you know Europe or whatever, and. Uh, we're just like walking down, uh, was it Columbus right there that goes down the piers and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking over to the wharf to see all the touristy stuff. And all these people, you see weird people on unicycles and whatever the hell. It's San Francisco. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're just walking, and this dude just kind of briskly is like speed walking past us and just zips by us. It keeps going. And this dude is buck ass naked. He's wearing tennis shoes and he's carrying a briefcase like he's on his way to the office. And he was butt. <laughs> Ass naked. And Welcome mean, to San Francisco. I mean, like, well, was like, guys, naked. We're like, you don't have that in Paris. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, Welcome to San Fran. <laughs> Honestly, having grown up in the Bay Area, that story surprises me less. Uh, than yeah, your, it surprises me less than your story about being in Paris and seeing the guy dribbling a basketball with one hand and just. Eating a baguette, a- <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's dude, super pretty. Like- but like to me, that doesn't surprise me because I'm walking over here, Paris. Like, oh, dude, like, dude, just oh, it's a baguette. Yeah, like we're eating in a baguette, walking and eating. Like, we're in Paris. This is cool. When in Rome and yeah. whatnot. <laughs> I can't imagine that a croissant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, with San Francisco drugs and like the free, yeah, you know, yeah. free, free. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the body positivity and free love and all that stuff. Oh, so, the hippies. Yeah. But you like go to the tourist area, you don't quite expect that. Like Hell seeing no. a baguette, I kind of expect well, in the tourist areas. Now that I think about it, it's probably a good thing you took him to San Francisco and not to Portland. Because Portland has a whole thing where they've got like a nudist bike race through the city. Well, don't. <laughs> yeah, but that's at a scheduled time. Yeah. like eh, you this, know, was, this was a fellow on his way to around. work, Blake. <laughs> People practice year round, man. This guy was late to get into his to the office. <laughs> Different thing. Cock in hand. He was like, <laughs> he was, well, I mean, poor guy was probably just in the shower, like, oh shit, I'm late. <laughs> well, no time for clothes. I'm gonna put my suit in my suitcase. I'm gonna change yeah. at the office. Change the office. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like that's the one thing about San Francisco. You see anything and everything in there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. like one of the actually one of the weirdest things that I've ever saw was you remember how busy the financial district was Monday sure. to Friday. I mean, it was like souls everywhere, shoulder to shoulder, people just like in their own minds, headphones oh, yeah. on. I got to see when COVID hit and everybody went home. Wow. Uh, because I was doing a Amazon store in Market, 575 Market. Hmm. And oh, right on market, right yeah. on market, dude. That's funny because that I, I went to market for the first time since moving back to California recently. It is the, not the, the same. FIDI is back to what it used to be. What? What'd you say? The financial district. It is not. 
It is fucking not. Okay, the, you're fucking out it, of your goddamn mind. You is, need to quit the whiskey. You're fucking <laughs> out of your goddamn it mind. Is, it is not. It is not like shoulder to shoulder. I mean, I was no, also I was also there at like nine o'clock at night. But um, is it, I don't. That's know. not fucking working hours. Like, yeah, I was saying. How I you see know, people going to work at nine o'clock at night? Nine a.m. Uh, you see for, people shoulder to shoulder, fucking traffic up the ass. I know it takes two hours to get to the fucking yeah. bridge. No, I worked it, at a lake San Francisco it, it, right it there felt, on the market. It felt like pre-COVID walking around. The you know what it feels like now? The night. motherfucking Walking Dead. That's what it feels like. So many like <laughs> you know, it's like fucked up. It's not not like it used to be. Yeah. Just I I'm saying that because I work there all the time. I see. Sure. That's fair. Uh. And like I remember just being like, it took you an hour and a half if you left after two p.m. to get from California Street to the bridge. Yeah, dude, it was yeah. fucked up. Now, like, I've seen it from being one of the busiest financial districts to like having nobody. Like, the buses were only emergency crews. Wow. To like, seeing what yeah, it is that's now. Insane. It is. I am huge comparison, dude. Like, it's. It's San Francisco is not like it used to be. It's, it's crazy. not at all. It's there's, crazy. There's that. There's the all the like uh, uh, CVS, Wal- Farmers, Wal- uh, Walgreens, and stuff closing down because yeah. the new theft laws. Mm-hmm. Like they just can't afford. San no, I, I, will, I will say the touristy parts are back to what they used to be. Sure, because I like I you know I went to the. If wharf. we're talking about the pier, yeah, the financial yeah. definitely not. No, yeah, I, that's, I, that's I went the to people the, visiting, bro. I, <laughs> I went to living there. Yeah. I went to the pier and it was like it used to be, but. Um, but no, like being it being in the financial district at night, it felt like going and visiting San Francisco maybe, at night. Maybe I'm like gonna argue with you on there. It might used to be. It might you might have seen it like it might used to be on the weekends, but like weekdays. Well, that's the thing. I, I'll, I'll use I'll use the qualifier at night. At night, like, huge. At night, it felt like it used to. It maybe I never During really been at night. I have not Carlos been. is right because I've been on Saturdays and at the financial district for most of my life. Well, I was like, dead, dead. I, I knew only knew it as dead. And then when we started doing a lot of commercial painting, you go Monday to Friday. Stuff. Oh shit! Yeah, you're like working at it. I worked at like, like I said, I painted a lens crafters right yep. off market, or it might have been the next street. It might have been on market. I don't remember. It's yeah. been a while. But like, yeah, it's one I was of those streets. blown away. Dude, I will I say, like, I had nuts. never seen it that swamped, and it was like, yo. Like where do these people go? Craziness. <laughs> like if like the one the best way I can describe it was from going from one stoplight from where you're supposed to stop to the stoplight, two cars went because it was bumper to bumper. People are cutting cars off. Not cars yeah. are cutting people off. People are cutting cars. You're off. not even yes. far from the on ramp. Hell no, either. dude. I'm yeah. four blocks from the bridge, and it yeah. took me an hour. Yep. I live in after yeah. three p.m. That's... because we had to work some overtime. Fuck me, but. <laughs> No, it's 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 crazy. San Francisco is not like it used to be, and it's it's kind of weird to see. But you know, well, on that note, we should probably start wrapping up. I think so. Um, it's a good conversation, though. Yeah. I'm really happy we finished the whole man. bottle of whiskey. We'll, we'll have to have you. <laughs> we'll have to have you on again soon. Yeah, when you bring when, us, it, when I'll when bring my own whiskey. Yeah. Weeks is up. <laughs> when you bring the shente. <laughs> first shente, first shente. You got us an interesting archive, Blake. Did you bring one? Uh, I do. Okay. I, I, I don't think I mentioned it for the audience. Just if anyone's curious uh, for the Pinecrest check, Blake is wearing Pinecrest gear today. Am I, I am. I'm wearing yes. the Pinecrest hat. Blake wears Pinecrest gear almost every week. Oh my you God. know what? Oh. It is It is one of my favorite hats. And I don't really think you have room to talk because I've seen that same Miwok hat many times on this podcast. Sure. This is my hanging out hat. Yeah. See, same, <laughs> same here. Okay. Oh, 
I'll wear a different hat to work and then put on my Pinecrest hat to come do family records just because I know it's a fan favorite. So you're ashamed of Pinecrest when it's at work. No, it's no, it's, it's just my family <laughs> records gimmick. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, for all the YouTube viewers. That's a great way to turn it around on me. Now I can't call you out because everyone thinks you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I do have a uh, an interesting archive. It has nothing to do with our episode, which sometimes I try to do. Um, you don't have any fun drummer facts? I do not. I could have looked <laughs> one up during, like, when you two were going off on your whole drummer conversation, but I chose not to. Okay. Um, so I chose to just pick one from history, like I normally do. So during World War II, Americans used to call hamburgers Liberty Steaks. This was because hamburger sounded too German. Hmm. Uh, in fact, they also started calling sauerkraut Liberty Cabbage. Okay. What? It's just, it's just like it seems like like, with, like like freedom fries. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Dope. It was just I'd like I heard eh. the Liberty Steak thing before. Okay, fine. I'll pick a no, different I'm just interesting saying, like, archive. I didn't know anything about it, but I'd heard that it had been called that. I thought that was weird. Yeah, it is. It is a little weird. You don't have to I, pick a different one, dude. You know, I know a lot of weird. I I, I, I guess I get it because like we we kind of just decided like Germans suck for a few years. And so anything that sounded remotely German, because hamburger definitely sounds German. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, there's Hamburg, like, is a major city in Germany. Sure is. We learned that uh, burgers are Roman, though. That is true. Street vendors, right? Street vendors. The first street vendors to sell hamburger yep. patties were in Rome. Before Shut ancient up. Rome. Yep. Yeah. Before mission dogs, there was hamburgers in ancient Rome. Dope. <laughs> I didn't know that. All right, but fine. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a new interesting interesting archive since you already knew that one. Um, this one's also a World War II one. Okay. Adolf Hitler's nephew fought against the Nazis in World War II. Oh, dang. Uh, during the Second World War, William Patrick Hitler was drafted into the oh, United Bill States Hitler? Navy. <laughs> yeah, Bill William, Hitler. my dear boy. <laughs> Oh, oh, Bill Billy. Hitler uh, was <laughs> drafted Billy into the U.S. Navy as a hospital corpsman and served until 1947. Did you say corpsman? Yes, corpsman. Isn't it corpsman? In the Marines. Okay, whatever. Damn it, I was, In about, the to Navy. The, I was about to play the symbol. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I backed out with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, damn I wasn't it. sure. Yeah, he was wounded in action and was awarded the Purple Heart and went on to gain American citizenship. Did you sure. did you know that there's so, a whole uh, theory so, that rumor had a that Hitler had a special needs sister? What? Yeah, that yeah. was that was Bill Hitler's mom. <laughs> yeah, old uh. Bill's mom. <laughs> no, but so, so so you could say Hitler was awarded a medal by the American military <laughs> for World War II. He wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Did he have to change his last name? He did. So uh, his. Johnson. So he changed his name to <laughs> It's fucking Smith. <laughs> Better. William Patrick Stewart Houston. Goddamn Stewart Houston. <laughs> That's pretty good on his See, part, actually. Yeah, no, but, Not a uh, bad choice. That's honest, a great honestly, way to blend it. Honestly, for me, what jumped out was the Patrick Stewart part. The, yeah, the two yeah. middle names. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. That's like his that's like naming yourself freaking uh, uh 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 Bill. Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> New York. <laughs> See, what, what they don't tell you is that his full name was actually uh, William Patrick Stewart, John Luke Picard, 
Houston. Jesus Christ. And that's and why man, people make fun of Latinos yes. for having long names. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was trying to make a Patrick Stewart joke. I could have said William Patrick Stewart Professor X Houston. What's your full but, name? Uh, <laughs> Do you have a full long name? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Carlos René Ventura Morazan. Uh, that's only like four. It's short. I know somebody that has like almost yeah, 10 I was, names. I got cousins with long ones. I only got four too. Mine doesn't even sound that bad because it's half Italian. <laughs> Matthew Gino Salcido Rodolfo. Well, actually, it's, hey. it's, not, it's not even half Italian. It's Actually, I guess it is. It's it's half Italian, but not half Mexican, right? Because Matthew's a Hebrew name. I guess so. It's it's biblical, so it's all it's just white. Yeah, okay. It's a Salcido. White name. Okay, I got it. Salcido's <laughs> the only Mexican part. But my family still that was the thing. It was Matthew. So the Gino was because my grandfather, the Italian side, you name him after the grandfather in the middle name. But my mom's side, Salcido is Salcido. They keep yeah, that yeah, in yeah, all the yeah. names, so we they just put them together. So kaboom. I do have a, f- a interesting fact for us too. You found a drummer interesting archive, possibly. <laughs> well, I knew that drums are considered to be one of the oldest instruments to mankind. Yep. Like we all kind of knew that, but I you found heard the this. guitar players. Yeah. Wait, I, I <laughs> singers ele- don't count. Wait, I thought <laughs> I thought the electric bass was the oldest instrument of all time. <laughs> all right, kick him out. Kick him out. He's done. <laughs> He's the zone from the family. How many? How many times before Car? How many times can Carlos say kick him out before Matt actually does? <laughs> I think one more time he has one, I guess one more. Wrap, yeah. I guess we're wrapping up the show. So. In a way. Kinda. One more strike. So the first drums believed to have ori- were believed to have originated in China around 6000 BC. It's got to be some military or some like cultural stuff. Well, they no, say the, it was a symbol. The first drumsticks are believed to be bones and sticks. I believe it. Yeah, it's like I that whole it. caveman well, with it, the bones. Like, it's kind of true. I ain't gonna sound like you know whatever. Like if you look at Mulan, like those big old like yeah. Asians. I I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're originated from China. Those so I don't like want to say Chinese. Drums, yeah, but like the big old like I know the Japanese have like the same thing where they I like think, do is like it Mesopotamian. It might be a Mesopotamian thing. Those I don't drums. know dude. because those drums originally one of the first things drums were used for was not only shamanic stuff but all the big ones were used for like communicating over long distances. Now, like how, a certain beat made like a yeah. certain message. That's you send messages through the nuts. drums. Yeah. How confirmed is this? Because the Native Americans also had drums for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, but like. And then, like, the Native Americans have been here for, like, thousands of years. But that's the one thing. We did not discover them until later. And the Native Americans, well, they do have some old documentation to follow, but there's not as much. A place like China is probably where they got the most because they have some of the oldest empires. So what you're telling me is. Like, the old colonies. Yeah, Yeah, you know, like, they do, like, all those dances. Bum, 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 bum. Stick with comedy, bro. But you got to <laughs> stick with comedy. Stick with comedy. <laughs> you got to realize, like, where you define drum is a key element to here because, like, drum, like, animal skin over a head, like, is different because, like, you have, like, a lot of Polynesian culture have mm-hmm. percussive instruments that aren't drums. They're, like, wood blocks and mm-hmm. stuff that are played like drums. Like, that'll, like, like that. Yeah. Isn't a drum, but we would probably consider it drumming. Well, percussion is like the oldest form of music. Absolutely, hands down. For sure, oh, yeah. hands down. Yeah, yeah, just hitting something with a beat, probably. Yeah. If it, unless you count singing. Like for example, the one of the one of the genres that that I really like to listen is batucada. That's a Brazilian type of music. Hmm. If you look at videos of like batucada people, it's just like ten of them, but each of them has a different instrument. The only note. That they got is a freaking whistle. Everything uh, else is just beats. Like 
Dude, listen, it, yeah. it's badass. Like, the, well, there's the rhythmic something rhythmic and something human. Yeah, there because that's like a shamanic element as mm-hmm. well. Is because like that you get lost in it. There's something hypnotizing about a repetitive drum beat because like mm-hmm. it can be played the same way, but you get so lost in that connectivity of the music to the people that it's very easy to lose yourself. Easy in a repetitive oh, beat for sure. Like more than a song, like. Well, that's uh, like like we've talked about meditation on the podcast before. One of the one of the things that's helped me kind of get into that headspace is percussion. Oh, I thought you were going to say Brazilian. Yes, music. Speci- well, <laughs> percussion, but sure, specifically that Brazilian music. That no, Brazilian uh, music. <laughs> no, but like Damn, there, there is the good some stuff. Got like, him. <laughs> I mean, like you were saying, there is something hypnotic about percussion. No, it really is. I mean, it like helps me get into that headspace. Oh yeah. Like now, getting into like the more modern stuff. Like if you listen to salsa and you listen to timbales, congas, and bongos, like there doesn't have to be bass. It doesn't have to be any wind instruments. Just percussion, the way it is. And when they do like their solos and stuff, sometimes you just listen to them and like you can just get lost. Yeah. Because the shit that they come up with is just like nuts. That's why you hear the phrase hypnotic beat and not like hypnotic voice what's crazy to me is not a guitar and not a bass (laughs) piano what's crazy to me is there was a whole none of those (laughs) there was a whole time period cello sick violin bro there was a whole time period (laughs) where mainstream music had no percussion and that's like that still kind of blows me away because percussion is such an essential part of music what mainstream music didn't have percussion uh specifically like country music from back in the day no yeah they use a a stand-up bass to set the beat I think oh, like yeah. you got that like that banjo type of style and yeah like I definitely agree like, like there's El- so music like Elvis kind of fucked things up by using drums. Well, he, and was, before that he was he very fucked him rhythmic. up or he made him better. He no, was no, very no. rhythmic with the guitar. At the time he fucked things up. Too. Looking Given, back he made things better. Yeah. Yeah, no there's there's something to that. I think every every song that comes out has its own charm to it. Absolutely. Some of them just require a voice like uh I don't even know. Like I I can't even find an example from the top of my head, but like some of them just require a voice and just guitar or just piano. And some of them requires a band behind it. For years I thought the modern like um like modern hip hop, you know what I mean? This new like mumble rap style mm-hmm. stuff for years like that loopy ba- like drum uh MIDI percussion and stuff like that. I was very I thought it took it out of it for me. Yeah. But then it kind of like developed. Someone, people started finding it, like Post Malone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his music is. Oh, his music is incredible. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And it's like my least favorite of his songs is where it's like just a simple beat and other guest rappers rapping with him. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, I don't care sure. about that. But, but then like, he like delves into the melody on top of it and he's like fusing this old style with this new thing. Yes. No, and it's Post really, Malone is, really amazing. I mean, he's on a different level from a lot of modern mumble rap, though, too. Yeah. Like, I think he has that mumble sound to it. But like, like you said, he has that melody behind it. Yeah. He doesn't sound like, you know, like, like yeah. Snoop Dogg, like in that video, he said. That all, all the well, mumbling the, the, guys sound the same. A lot of those mumblers, they sound the same because they're they're taking what made rap unique. Yeah. Which was because rap was it's not. They I had think it was melodies the flow. and stuff, but it, it was I about think it was a flow. flow. Absolutely. And so what is it? They just get lost in flow and try and do that hypnotic thing with the flow. And I think a lot of people like it. And, Absolutely. You know, more power to them. But like Post Malone kind of took the elements of the melody and brought it into that that as well. Shout and, out and to Posty for yeah. that. For I sure. love. 
for years I was like, there's no way I'm I, I just not gonna listen to this dude's music. He looks weird. I don't understand it. He does he do be looking <laughs> weird. He do be he looking looks weird. like Shia LaBeouf with a meth habit. Yeah. <laughs> and tattoos. Yeah. Well, I mean that day, comes with the meth habit. I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. One day I heard a song and I was like, what is this? And I sat and listened to every album and I was blown away. No. And no. now, now that I've come around to Post Malone, Shia LaBeouf looks like Shia LaBeouf, yeah. the meth habit. Well, and, and honestly, like all of the music, like you said, like the big thing lately, like Billie Eilish, I like all this stuff with her online. Like, I don't really care and all this stuff, but her music, her music's not bad. It's unique. It's, yeah. It's that's, it's, that's what it is for me. Yeah. It's, it's unique. You know it's got who, a great sound, good melodies. It's, it's you know, I, <laughs> although my I, favorite Billie Eilish song is, uh, so my favorite is a cover of a Billie Eilish song by the, um, have I made you listen to the interrupters? I mean, I've listened to the interrupters. Okay. It was either me or Mikey who made you listen to them. Cause I know Mikey loves them too, but, uh, they're like a ska punk band. Uh, but they did like a ska cover of bad guy and it is fantastic. Oh, I bet. It's very constructed music, yes. Billie Eilish, but I, I really like that. It's element. different. It's yeah. freaking weird, but it's, it's different. Weird, yeah. yeah. The one the one artist that I'm just like, I mean, non biased because I'm not in love with her or anything. To tell you. Um, Dua Share. Lipa. Oh. Dua Lipa, dude. Like, I know like her music sounds basic, but if you listen to the beat and everything behind it, it is so funk oriented. Like, huh. if you listen to like, Yes, I'm gonna say I listen to her all the time. Whatever. It's uh, don't start yeah, now. Yeah. Like uh, break. I think it's break my heart. Like a lot of the songs, if you listen to them, dude, the bass behind it is like, you literally the person is slapping the bass, and it is so funk oriented. It's like, yeah, it's like her. She's talking about the ch- same cheesy shit, but like doesn't help that she's attractive also but uh you know hey, but dude, like this is how you know carlos is single. holy moly man, I'm, in, I'm in love with her full disclosure i'm in love with Lipa. <laughs> but no on the real like her music is just badass no, no, no judgment sure. from here man uh i like ariana ariana grande oh my god yeah she's got great stuff but like that's the one thing that i love about her she sounds like i mean she is poppy as heck but when like you hear her live dude like she sounds the same that's she's, cool like, like well, I, that's I mean, I see, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if like I have never seen her like live, live, but like just from the videos of like her and Jimmy Camel and like she's singing, it's like yeah, she sounds like she just sounds on the album. I don't know if there's out of tune behind it. I don't know anything about that. You, you know, guys but, are missing the real point here. The greatest singer of our time is James Corbett. You gotta hate me. I don't know who that is. Isn't he the one that does the karaoke cars? No, uh, James Corbett. Not, not James Corbett. It's oh shit. I should know this because we've we've talked shit about him before. <laughs> but, uh, Who's that uh, country he's, singer? He's the he's the chubby British uh, talk show host, right? Is that not James Corbett? Is it James? Is that, Cor- that's Cor- a karaoke uh, car- James Corden. Corden. Yeah, Corden. that fool. Yeah. Okay. 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 I was no, making no. a joke and I missed the mark. <laughs> well, you did say the last <laughs> the, the wrong last name a so. couple times. <laughs> <laughs> this whiskey's good. Whiskey is good. Honestly, <laughs> if you see this. This bottle at Costco, buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try for it sure. Out. Delicious bottle. For sure, this is really again. good. It's called Bardstown. If you see it, try it. It's uh, it's very good. We should start continuing our wrap up. So let's do some plugs real quick, Carlos. Uh, any shows? Anything you're into? Been watching anything like that? You um, plug? Well, I've been getting into golf a lot lately. I don't know why, but I've gotten into it. it's fun. I mean, Volkswagen does make an incredible car. <laughs> 
Matt it's... finally got it. <laughs> <laughs> that is dumb. <laughs> hey, um, not every joke can be a killer, dude. No, that was a killer. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's everything is good. I mean, we got a lot of shows coming up. I know in February we got a lot of shows. Uh, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, CV3 underscore what the hell's the line? Underscore? Underscore, yeah. yeah. I think it's a yeah. CB3 underscore 21. Follow me there. You uh or my Facebook, Carlos Ventura. You'll see a lot of shows coming up. I know summer is getting busy. If you're willing, you know, and even I just like me, follow like Livermore Live Music. They have all the schedule for every single band. Uh all around Livermore. There's, you know, venues coming out, a lot of people putting music out. So keep an eye on that if you want to listen to music around Livermore. Definitely looking into that. But yeah, no, summer is going to be a very busy, busy time. So For if sure. you want to listen to live music, definitely that's the time to do it. Are you on any, uh, like, are you on any albums that people can stream somewhere? Um, I've been in a couple projects. I'm not a, not allowed to release them yet, okay. but it's in the works. Maybe next time I will release them if okay. they're out. But uh, yeah, they're in the works. I've been working in some stuff with uh, a few different artists. Well, so, I was trying to lead you in because you played drums on Lucas's uh, album, right? I played percussion on it, yeah. So if you check out uh, Lucas Sanchez's album that he just released or EP, I think it's album I, or I EP. I think it's called EP. The EP, yeah. Check out Lucas Sanchez's uh, EP. If you hear percussion in the background, that's your boy. <laughs> um, but no, there's uh, there's future stuff coming out uh, with different artists. So yeah, just check that out. Hell yeah, man. We can't wait. For sure. It's going to be know. fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I it. I will be posting it on you know Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So Carlos Ventura, the Vicente of drums. No, <laughs> that's what they said. That's a title right there, man. I don't know if I can take that. <laughs> well, just wanted to say also thank you guys for having me again. It's it's been a blast for sure. Hell oh, yeah, dude, man. we love having you on. Hell yeah. Great. We do this <laughs> next time, You're next time I call him, I have my whiskey. So <laughs> hell yeah. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Rudolph. I also do a podcast with Mikey Landon called They Might Be Bronies, where we watch every episode of My Little Pony and decide if we might be bronies. If you like this show or do you think that I'm a nice fella, um, I really encourage you not to go listen to that because it's quite inappropriate. <laughs> um, I also do another show with uh, Blake here and the other owners of Fat Tango called Fat Tango Presents where we put out bi-monthly uh, episodes, 15 to 20 minutes scripted with local actors and, and writers and all that stuff, uh, scripted comedy content. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of silliness. It's also inappropriate, but not as bad as bronies. So... <laughs> Blake, what do you got? Oh, uh, I should also say you can also follow us at Family Records on uh, Family Records Pod on Twitter. Uh, we are also on Instagram at Family Records Podcast. No, we're on Instagram at fa- or on Twitter at Family Records Po because they didn't give us enough letters to do Family yeah, Records. Yeah, but pod. whatever. If they start typing Pod, they yeah, won't be you, able well, to. And then by the time you get hit. Family Records out, you'll find us. If you see <laughs> a cat with headphones, that's them. There you go. <laughs> that's well. Us. No, no. For this one, it's mine and Matt's cartoon faces. Yeah, oh, but if go. you find the cat with headphones, you can find us. Yeah, that's anywhere fair. online. That's fair. What do you got, Blake? All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Blake Sweet Comic. Uh, you can also check out the other podcast that I do with Mikey Lannon and Ellis Rodriguez. Oh wait, and Matt's on this podcast too. It's called Four to Tango. It's where we, just like Family Records, get drunk, but we play games that we come up with for each other. Uh, it's it it is a lot of fun. It sounds weird, but bro, it's a I, great just, time. I listened to that last episode. We just dropped contract. Your last game. That was a hilarious episode. It was a great episode. That was so fun. It was, uh, I was worried coming up with that game because that's a game that we used to like pass the time with when we didn't want to pay attention in class. Sure. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to translate well as entertainment, but it is fun to listen to. It did. It translated very well. <laughs> very silly. Um, 
You can also follow me on Instagram. That's where I post my stand-up dates. I do have some stuff in the works in SAC this month. Uh, I will post dates later. Once you sound like a future confirmed. father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, but I do have uh, some confer- yeah, some confirmed stuff for February. I will be at the Aloha Tower in Honolulu on February 6th. And then I will be at Vinny's in Concord on February 21st. Right on, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, everyone, we thank you for joining us for another week of Family Records as we enter the new year. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, Carlos, thanks again, man, for hanging hey, out with us. It's been a blast, man. We'll have to Let's do, do it again. More often. It's Hell your yeah. fun guy to drink with. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Why y'all. do you think we've kept him around? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us. And until next week, peace, peace late, late, out. out. This has been a Fat Tango production.